Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 130. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me tonight in SideQuest Studios is Maddie Dockrell. Hello. And here as always, except when he's not, BT Calloway. No, hoi hoi. And welcome to the Simpsons Index. This is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there's a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. How we doing? Uh, agreeable. <laughs> you know what? Great. I'm doing great. Yeah, it's a nice Sunday. Despite what I said before, it's actually daytime. Mm. Mm-hmm. Shocking, actually. Yeah, I've never, I was saying I've never been here in the day before. So mm-hmm. it's just a whole new lease on life. Yep. Proof we're not vampires. Mm. <laughs> a whole new world. Forgot I couldn't sing that high. <laughs> yeah, you just, usually do the Aladdin part, which you're shockingly good at. Don't you dare close your eyes. Have you yeah. gone to see the new Aladdin? Is that what's uh, inspired this? Uh, no, I, I can't. Like, <laughs> I, I've thought long and hard about it, and I've decided that I'm just going to catch it on Netflix or Stan or whatever it fucking hits when it's out of theaters. Is that as like a, a personal protest, or is that? Yeah, I mean, just from the outset, every trailer that I've seen of it just looks so fucking like they've dulled it down and taken all personality out of it. Mm. Have you seen it? Sorry? No, no. Actually, I love it. It's my new favourite film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Fight, 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 <laughs> fight, 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 I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'll just wait. I might see the new Lion King, though. <laughs> so I feel worse about the new Lion King than I do about the new Aladdin. Yeah? Yeah. Is it's... it Childish Gambino over Will Smith? Is that what is no, going no, on? Or? No, um, I just think it's almost like if the entire thing is CGI, it's then animated, so they're not doing anything. Yeah, yeah, it ceases to be live action. Yeah, it's like, it's just a different form of animation. Why are you doing this? And also, the first one is, like, perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, th- I mean, that's what I thought about Aladdin, you know. I was talking, uh, anyway, <laughs> this isn't a Disney this podcast. Is- <laughs> oh, wait, it's The Simpsons. Yeah, it is. Yeah, everything <laughs> is Disney. Give it enough time. Well, yeah, let's hook into the Disney property, The Simpsons, <laughs> where we just watched an episode from the HD era. This was season 28, episode 21, Moho House. First released in May of 2017. It was directed by Matthew Nastuck, written by Jeff Martin. In this episode, Mr. Burns gets into a bet with some former businessman that he can break up Marge and Homer, and then that businessman gives Mo a new bar to help with this bet, and Marge and Homer's marriage is on the rocks again. Guys, what do we think? It's a bit grim. Yeah, right. Yeah, man, this one is like an optical illusion because you can be fooled into thinking it's a decent episode because the scene-by-scenes aren't too bad, but when you take it as a whole, this is such garbage. I hate it so much. (laughs) Like, there was a logical storyline and there was like, you know, conflict, a resolution and a solution. I was like, oh, this is a change from the mm-hmm. usual like HD era where it's just like a bunch of shit happening. <laughs> yep. Where it almost has ADHD where it just bounces around uh, all the mm. time. So, you know, I'd give it that, but then the fact that it, it was it was it was dark. Yeah. Like I was oh this is a little bit too real. And then it doesn't resolve that darkness. and uh, oh, It's man, just like issues. constant Band-Aid on... Uh, just putting Band-Aids <laughs> on Band-Aids marriage, on Band-Aids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is barely holding together on mm. those Band-Aids. Yeah, so. My Band-Aid ripped. Give it a Band-Aid. <laughs> Let's hook into those moments. Maddie. for better or worse, what is something that stands out to you about this episode? What's um, a moment or a scene or whatever? I'm going to say worse, and I'm going to say Marge's distress 
about the breakdown of their marriage yeah. and just how unhappy she is. I mean, that scene where she spends all night crying in bed as oh. Homer's asleep. And then he goes, how did you sleep? And she goes, the usual. I was like, oh, God. Fucking yeah. hell. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that that hurt. Like, yeah. Jeez. Oh, like, you get it as an audience member. We've seen these guys go through, you know, the motions and the heavy emotions. But, but that's a freaking bomb. That's just, yeah. ow. That was, that, was too, that was emotional abuse. Like, yeah. Yeah. And because they they spend a while on this as well, just Homer blissfully snoring and yeah. rolling yeah. around in bed, and the, just the tissues are piling up, mm, and yeah. yeah, the time lapse animation of yeah. her just crying all night, I'm like oh. Again, yeah. artistically and objectively, there's a lot of parts of this episode that I think looked good, and that was one of them. As yeah. grim as the fucking outcome was. But- yeah. Well, the big problem with that is this whole one is that Homer's usual apology isn't cutting it anymore. He needs to genuinely change. But its resolution is, I made you a flip book. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't fix the entire <laughs> night's worth of crying that we've just been told is normal. Yeah. I think that's what was so sad about it was there was this constant like pressure from Marge being like, you need to change. Things need to be changed. Like, mm. guys, it's been 28 years of Simpsons right now. Like... How can you say that the core characters are unhappy and they need to change? Like, that's never going to resolve. They're never going to change. Like, they're always going to be Homer and Marge. Homer's always going to be a fuck up. And, like, to then turn around and be like, this character is depressingly unhappy in this Mm -hmm. marriage and feels trapped and has to cry herself to sleep all night. You're like, fuck. Yeah, and now she's got a subscription to Numb Housewife, you know. I know. You're not feeling good if you've bought that magazine. Yeah, I got I laughed at the joke of Numb Housewife, but still the, the implications are just ooh. The fuck yeah. cover has a woman with her head in the oven. And then the back had the between the bushes vodka, three o'clock solution. Quite like that. <laughs> Damn it, that's a good joke. That was quite quite <laughs> yep. a good joke. Again, sign writers are on point. How about you, BT? What's something about this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? It's all for worse, but mostly it's just oddly silent. There's this real lack of background sound or transitional music or just, and some really hard cuts that very much illustrate that. When we go to like a scene that's raining, it's very quiet to suddenly very rainy. I don't know what it is exactly, but I really need to do a side by side with the classic era and this era and just try and pick out what what's lacking in sound because it is just weirdly quiet. And anytime there's a quiet moment between characters, it really stands out. Oh, that's interesting because I thought, especially when Moho House comes in, like there is this jazzy soundtrack yeah, well, that's sort of persistent throughout the episode. Yeah, that's that okay after that point. But compare that to earlier when they're in the um, you know nuclear power plant, which first of all has a lot of background jokes that make no sense. Uh, mm. And there's just this weird pervasive silence that just, I don't know, like uh, have the sounds of machinery and things. And it's there, but it's incredibly faint. And I don't know, mm. I, I'm not sure what it is, but it's there and it's very obvious and it bothers me. And also this episode is edited like balls. Yeah, <laughs> well, I agree with that. And one thing I did notice with the background gags in the nuclear power plant was in one of the scenes where they had the drunken donuts and then mm. they cut to another angle and they sort of like moved the box. It was like, hey, just in case you missed it the first time. And it was like, come on the joke wasn't that great yeah <laughs> but i mean even then there's like kids in the reactor and they're playing with them through that um the is it maybe like a daycare but i didn't yeah. even see the signs so i just saw the center. weirdness yeah. yeah fair enough i'll give them that in the slightest but then there's that that new character whose wife like has a drawstring that drops a veil over her face and it's like okay and then she had spider legs and then at she one point legs. that is, was is, so like, weird is, is it meant to be that she's meant to be like a black widow hoping he dies soon i 
guess. I didn't. I do you think that's what they're going for? That's the it, if that's what they're going for, it is the most roundabout way to possibly put it. It's like, hey, how do we let these people know this is a gold digging woman who's only interested in him for his money until he dies? Uh, inflatable spider legs, <laughs> duh. I feel like sometimes they're like, oh, okay, like how can we, I don't know, make an interesting character? Yeah. Let's just be full on fucking weird and see what happens. It's like, mm. yeah. Like I would, I would rather a Frank Grimes kind of character over someone yeah. like that who's mm-hmm. more relatable, like to the no. human condition. Absolutely, and it's sort of that thing where they're undercutting what's going on in the dialogue by yeah. having these background mm. jokes, and especially when they make no sense. I don't yeah. like the when I first saw it when she pulled the little ripcord and the veil dropped down. I'm like, okay, this guy's gonna die, and then this woman's gonna be all like flirting with Burns, and like he's gonna become the new victim of her Black Widow plan. Mm. Cool, that's an interesting idea for an episode. Nope, <laughs> yeah, doesn't even slightly happen. Yeah, and I'm going to say what stands out to me, again, for worse, (laughs) you should three for three on this one, is Mo's involvement with this episode, which is, uh, I don't know where to start with Mo in this episode. Okay, let's start here. First of all, they really shine a light on the whole Midge Marge thing, and it is just tedious. Yeah. It really is. Like, I remember that bit where he comes back into the bar and is like, oh, by the way, Mo, every time you say Midge, who are you talking about? Why Marge, of course. And then he punches him and is like, yeah, what? and then Marge is like, first of all, my name is Marge. And he's like, yeah, I don't know why I do that. And it's just, <laughs> why are you shining a light on it? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make it better. Uh, yeah, it was so unnecessary to draw attention to it. Also, yeah. um, love to Mo impersonation there, Elliot. Ah, uh, uh, thanks, Midge. <laughs> <laughs> Midgey Dockrill. I was about to say it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's dancing. Oh, my God. Oh, how uncomfortable was that to witness? <laughs> yep. He's like, oh, I only dance behind the bar. And, and then, then it just kept going. I was like, oh. And he's got this flailing river dance of like broken leg going yeah. on. <laughs> it's like river dance meets Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mess. Yeah. Like he could have been doing tap or something. I don't know. Yeah. Right. And, and look, I guess this ties into the Nigel character as well. But the whole bet thing about it as well just sort of seemed to come out of nowhere. Was that just me? Like it mm. just... Oh, I'm going to break them up. Oh, I bet you can't. What? <laughs> yeah, and again, I kind of like the idea that there's this rich man's game of, you know, playing their lives against each mm-hmm. other. Sure. And then also that Smithers then gets involved as a third party. Sure, that's an interesting bit, but they just don't stick to it in any meaningful way. Like, the guy's whole plan is, oh, here's a creep who likes Marge. I'm going to give him a better job, and that will surely win her over. So, why? Yeah. Why would that ever be your plan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that made no sense. And yeah, the Nigel was played by Michael York returning again for The Simpsons. Um, mm. I think he's most familiar as Basil Exposition from Austin Powers. Yes, yes. Just having a really good British voice. Mm, being <laughs> Britishy. Yeah, it's like him fucking... Scones, tea, toodlepip. And also playing uh, his wife, girlfriend, Mrs. Butterworth, was Valerie Harper, who I think she's like had about eight appearances on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played Rhoda in the Mary Tyler Moore show. Okay. And the spin-off Rhoda as well. Rhoda. Yeah. Play count. How many times have we seen this episode before today? Zero. Zero. This is like my second time watching this one. That's too many. Yeah. Look, I've watched this once for worst episode ever, and... They were very positive on it. And really? Yeah. Ooh. Again, I, like I said, I think you can be tricked into this one because like, there are some jokes in there that do work and you can have some fun with it if you just take a scene as an isolated thing. Mm. But together as a whole, it just doesn't work. Yeah. 
I think the point that they were making about it, that stylistically it's a pretty impressive episode, which I kind of agree with. All the stuff in Moho House, there's some great designs, and the soundtrack is, you know, pretty good. Yes, well, here at the Simpsons Index, we take substance over style. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's currently ranking at 113 out of 128 episodes. So, yeah, on the least worst end of it. Like, crazy. Well, again, you could. I think this one is deceptive like that. Because mm. there are jokes I like. There's, you know, there's mm. a bit where they're making the um, bet and they're like, okay, well, how about five million pounds? Is that sterling or flesh? Oh, <laughs> sterling this time. <laughs> yeah. There was some good banter between him and Nigel yeah. and like Smithers going, do you need some help with that tea bag? <laughs> no, no, I can talk to Nigel by myself. <laughs> yeah. Very good. So, yeah, let's talk about some wackiness of this episode. Was this a particularly cartoony episode of The Simpsons? Um, nothing immediately jumps out as hugely cartoony, just little bits and pieces. There was a weird scene with Flanders at the window with the take me uh, out to the ball game. That yeah, was a bit. That... And then Homer's in the background with a microwave on his, on his uh... head. I don't, I don't blame him. Like, mm. this is another one of these things that we run into when the characters start acting bored in the episode. It's like, that's not a good yeah. bit. <laughs> and again, it goes from, oh, I don't want to go to the ball game with Flanders. He sings take me out to the ball game, but always puts Lord on the end of every word. And then they, they do it. In length. Yeah. Yeah. Did Flanders, not need it. That's your cue. Did <laughs> not need it. Also, that was a bit, yeah. Felt yeah. like they were going to go to the ball game and do something there. Yeah, I would have rather that they like did a smash cut to them at the ball game and then did their stupid song. Yeah, that would have been more interesting. Or if the song was just Flanders singing it in the background while the scene continued or something. It's just to stop, to explain a joke and then grind to a halt and show it to you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, the only line I liked out of it was like, give me some water because that is just fine. Yeah. Yeah, but also they're not Catholic. They wouldn't have communion wine, right? They mesh together Christian and Catholic all the time in this. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I don't know what religion is anyway. Uh, Right in Jesus. It's roughly all the same. (laughs) Right in Jesus. (laughs) Jesus, if you're watching. (laughs) Big fan. Uh, Sideshow Bob isn't in prison again. (laughs) Sideshow Bob prison watch. Why is he out and then at a swanky hotel for celebrities? Love it. Well, he is the most notorious killer of... Sorry, most notorious non-killer. Attempted murder. (laughs) And now he's being an attempted socialite. Well, a successful one, actually. Yeah, also there you go. More successful than Rainier Wolfcastle. Anyone can attempt to be something. (laughs) Oh, there was that wacky moment at the end um, when they did the summary and Mr. Teeny was like in the aquarium drunk and... Yeah, Krusty was fishing him out. Yeah, which was also... Bit grim. Yeah. Did like, he is just he die? Alive? Is he drowning? I don't know. Are we up to Mr. Teeny number eight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Patty and Selma have to be on oxygen now, according to that end scene. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, there's a bit in the beginning where the Flanders letterbox crashes through the Simpsons window, mm. and then Maggie comes out of the letterbox. Yeah. That and I'm was like, weird. was she supposed to already be in there, or did she get caught in it when it landed? Or, yeah. And the pile of Flanders's letterboxes, letterboxes and there's one that was like Maud's arch. I was mm. like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. And That's more grim. Flanders wackiness. That at one point he was dancing with his two dead ghost wives. Oh, yeah. God. That was also gr- Fuck, this episode <laughs> yeah. was heavy. Yeah. Left, right, and center. If they were like, oh, it's not dark enough, let's add some sadness <laughs> yeah. to it. And it's For also real. very weird every time they do that with Krabobble because these are two very different reasons why those characters aren't around anymore. Yeah. In the event of Maud, it was because the actor left effectively and they're just like, okay, we'll kill her off as a plot point. 
but in terms of uh, Miss Krabappel, Marshall Wallace died and they kind of respectfully retracted that character. It's not respectful if you then bring them back for shitty sight gags. Yeah, it's happened like three times now that we've noticed and like... That's so disappointing because when we saw like how they sort of quietly mm. killed her off with like just Flanders looking at a frame with the black armband, it was quite it, tasteful. Yeah, it was enough to let you know this had happened and it's canonical effectively, but they don't need to draw to it. Yeah, and now... They don't need to kill her with a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> Much less respectful. But yeah, now they're just implying that Flanders is in a happy polyamorous relationship with his two ghost wives. Yeah, So weird. many questions. How about the heart of this episode? An episode about relationships on the rocks. How did we like the heart? Felt nothing. At the end with Homer's flip book, why did birds suddenly appear and mm-hmm. play? And I was like, oh! <laughs> so cute! Maddie, they got you. I'm they sorry. got me! This they is, got me in the feels! This is like a perfect metaphor for Homer in general. Oh, he doesn't make any change or do anything, but he played birds suddenly appear and gives you a cute present and you forgive him. Um, women are not that complicated. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> oh, i got to start learning how to draw and make some flip books. But, I mean, I, I am totally with you. Like, I'm also with you too, VT. Like, on a technical level, the flip book isn't enough of a reason for Marge to be okay with this anymore. But fucking hell, they did land that scene. Like, that mm. flip book was so cute. So cute. And I think it was cute as well because earlier in the episode bit dumb but they were like oh could you have had other women other than marge which i also thought was very tacky and distasteful mm, yeah. i know they're like well you've tapped one melon and left the grocery store happy <laughs> women are melons by the way in this metaphor yeah it was it was tacky i, yeah. I it was real mm. anyway he thinks back about a cartoon woman that he had drawn yeah and then imagined that is, it- is a potential yeah. person to get with so yeah even though I didn't like that, I kind of liked that that flip book drawing element got brought into mm-hmm. the end. Thought that tied in. Yeah, yeah, vaguely. But I mean, he could have thought about Mindy or Lurleen. I know. Or... He's had heaps of other potential yeah, bitches. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. And he's made that decision every time. Yeah. So it's not, oh, you've never even had the chance with another one. It's like, yes, he has. And he made the decision not to. Uh, yeah. And I just double-checked, because we don't have that particular brand of syrup in Australia, which is in the shape of a woman, yep. apparently that's called Mrs. Mrs. Butterworth, yeah. which was the name of Nigel's uh, they girlfriend. Because ju- the, the writers of this could not think of other women. Yeah. That's how bad they are at writing women. <laughs> they had to make them they, syrup. They had to draw a stick figure and have syrup. Speaking of other women, I just want to talk about Marge's hair. Oh, yeah. I, I was vibing it. I really cool. like the new haircut, just just for a change. Yeah, really it's nice it. that she's wearing her hair down. She cut about fucking two-thirds of it as well. Yeah, Gosh. But it, that was only for the club, right? It's going to go back, right? It was meant to be for just for the club, yeah. yeah. But again, there was kind of a weird moment where this club opens, like, it's only for the most exclusive celebrities, and then hard cut to them in the car driving, and they're all dressed up, and you're like, oh, I guess they're going to this place they just told us was not for them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I guess they got an exclusive Anna, invite. I, you can fill that blank in, but it just feels like something that should have been a scene because there could have been a conversation around that. Oh, mm. uh, yeah, because especially if this is part of Nigel's plot, then he yeah. wants them to be there. Yep. Yeah. And again, episode edited like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in this moment as well, I thought it really undercut Homer's whole apologetic nature having Lenny there. I know that's part of the joke, but also 
it's not improving the audience opinion of him, which is meant to be on his side because he genuinely got stuck in a hard position where yeah. a rich person that worked for his boss was coerced. like, oh, you have to come out with me. Otherwise, I'll tell your boss and he'll be ever so angry at you. I'm British. Yeah. Mm. And how can you say no to that British man? You can't. <laughs> that's that's like how they conquered most of the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, hello there. We've just landed here and we would like to rule you with an iron fist. <laughs> well, with that accent, why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, so... It says a lot about the heart that we're already off. But, like, even... I didn't really buy Moe's heart in this episode, his change of heart. No, that was mm. weird as well. I just yep. Moe's mm. entire presence as well as, like, a, a narrator at yeah, the beginning that, of the episode. Something else I wanted to bring up. Yeah, he narrates, like, the opening scene was, like, they do the Simpsons logo with the Simpsons. He's like, and fun fact, all those singers are dead now. And it's like, okay, so I guess we're going to have the whole thing narrated through Moe's perspective. Okay, that's a device. Nope, that only, only that one scene. It's such a confusing opening because, and I double-checked this in the research because I thought the perfectly legal file that I had was broken, that, mm. yeah, this is the first episode of The Simpsons to open straight into the couch gag. And then they have the the Simpsons as part of most narration. It's so fucking confusing. Like, yeah. yeah, wonder if I took acid on this or something. And then yeah. Marge's hair has changed. And then fuck. <laughs> it wasn't even an episode of The Simpsons. No. It's a new show. No, it was an episode of Moho House. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, though, guys, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Felt like I just answered that. Uh, man, it felt like an abstract painting of The Simpsons. Like some, the, the idea is there somewhere in this mess, yeah. but the actual core of it, no. Mm. Yeah, I feel like it tried to be an episode of The Simpsons. Mm. Yeah, Homer and Marge's relationship, you know, this is fairly familiar ground. And yeah, they tried to take it to a whole new level, but... Oh. they I yeah. think they took it to a new level and it was dark. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine. There's an ambition there to do something new with the same formula we've mm. kind of run several times, but they just didn't put it together properly. Yeah, and part of what I was saying with like Mo's payoff, because it's always been sort of like an an alluded to thing that Mo's got this unrequited love for Marge and mm -hmm. sort of thing, but I didn't really buy his realising that he shouldn't take another man's wife yeah. at the end. Yeah. Just sort of done together with that terrible slap together song. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, from the other guest star of the episode, Kevin Michael Richardson. Yeah, mm -hmm. the loyalty to the home of friendship was really off because in other episodes he has crossed that line. Yeah. So yeah. it's... This isn't anything new. Like, I don't understand your all of a sudden newfound morality. No, absolutely. And it's almost like the setup was there, but yeah, the payoff was just yeah. so slapped together. Have Mo be like, you know, hey, look, I'm a big success now. Why don't we, you know, hook up? And she'll be like, no. And he's like, oh, I understand. It was never about me being successful. It was about you being with the right person. Oh, I've learned a lesson. I'm Mo. <laughs> Actually, you know what, as well, I want to point out. You know, Mo invited Marge to Moho House alone mm -hmm. under like pretty, like it was a bit dodgy and implied and yep. she went. Yeah. So wonder what was going to happen there yeah. if he what didn't was, change his mind. What was in her mind? shit. Yeah. Mm. Like, Midge, I need you to come to Moho House alone. Ah. Mm. And he's like, I'll do that. <laughs> and she, yeah, just had a, a nice evening previously and, you know, got her hands around Mo and uh, mm -hmm. and wasn't put off by his fucking flailing legs as they were yeah. slow dancing. Listening to Moon Glow. Ugh. Not the drug. <laughs> I did like that line. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he opens the curtain and lets like, the moon no, no, the song. Yeah, I was actually a pretty good run of jokes. Yep. And the other character integrity I wanted to point out and, and throw it to you guys. What do you think about Mr. Burns and Smithers in this episode? Bit creepy. Ah. <laughs> it became like the, like the pet relationship. That was weird. 
That yeah. I felt like that was a, a new level. It went both ways as well, yeah. didn't it? They were both each other's pet at one point. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird and did not come together at all in the slightest. Like, there's a bit at the end where, you know, Smithers, having been pissed off that Mr. Burns basically used him as a gambling chip, Smithers all like, ah, it's good to be back. It's like, you never left. Yeah. You at no point ever <laughs> did you leave. You cannot sigh and say it's good to be back. If you never left. <laughs> yeah, because even <sighs> after he made him a gambling chip, he still played with his hair and it molded into weird shapes. Uh, that was creepy as well. His comment, oh, those fingers. Uh, uh. Uh, and then Mr. Smithers feeding the pill to Mr. Burns yeah, with the, the cheese. Yeah, the cheese. That was so uncomfortable. Yeah, then he rubbed his throat to get the pill out. <laughs> Again, this is just another thing where I feel like with Mo and Midge and Homer, they were being so overt with these tropes that used to have some finesse. Some subtlety, some mm. suggestion. But no, and again, another in an episode where it's all about relationships and arguably about the things you do for the people you care about, nothing feels impactful or meaningful or mm. anything. Like, we barely even knew Smithers was angry about you being used as a gambling chip. There's only one, one scene where it's like, wait, you can't do that. Oh, yes, it's in your contract. Oh, I suppose you can. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. And there's a bit where later on he kind of tries to thwart the British dude's plan. Mm. He gave Homer some earrings to give to Marge. Oh, yeah, this wasn't for me. And it was sort of weird that they didn't reveal in that moment the tag with the um, happy 81st birthday. Yeah, she just looks at it and goes, that's not from you. Yeah. It's like, how do you you know, Marge? Do you have the shinin? (laughs) Segway to the ending of this where there's a, you know, the shining ending of a photo of Mo on the wall. You know, Moho House, 1921. It's like, Wait, this didn't open in 1921. It's like, that ending also doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. Oh, and Barney's shinning. Oh, Mo's talking about me. Fuck, I am so sick of Simpsons doing the cut to a random character who has a shinning. (laughs) I didn't mind that bit, but yeah, just it's like they did their big sentimental ending and they're like, oh, wait, guys, we need a joke. What do we do? I don't know. Reference The Shining. Brilliant, Jenkins. Yeah. (laughs) Promotion. You're in charge of the next episode. (laughs) Congratulations. You're promoted to Smithers. (laughs) Now let me mold your hair. And yeah, what do we think of Smithers convincing Burns that Nigel didn't exist all along? Um, so Fuck. weird. Why? Wh- why? Why did Nigel kiss Smithers at the end? Uh, what was that? I was like, oh, is that? Are they? Are they going to have a relation? What? Mm-hmm. That just came out of nowhere. What did Nigel want the whole time? You know, that's oh. Yeah, because it's kind of implied that he wants Smithers to work for him because he's got a thing for him, but eh, then it becomes really creepy then. Yeah. It's like, yes, I want to basically own your subordinate because I think he's cute. <laughs> Ugh, blah. Yeah. Yes or no, would you watch this one again? Probs um, not, eh? Only to dissect it, to like <laughs> really get a good vivisection in there, pull its heart out and weigh it and, you know, check all these things. I would love to deep dive this one, deconstruct it, and use it an example of what not to do. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of forgettable New Simpsons episodes, but yeah, this will be a very interesting autopsy. Yeah. <laughs> I want to perform science on it. <laughs> <laughs> Literary science. BT, what would you change about this one? Ah, so many things. Okay, I kind of like the base premise of this rich man's game to break up a, ha- a couple, and they, you know, they have their problems to begin with. There's something to be mined from that, especially then when Smithers comes in an extra player. Because it's all about relationships and the things you do for them and the problems with them and the fact that even if you are happy, maybe occasionally you do think, what else is out there, though? Is this the happiest I could possibly be? Mm. There's a lot there. And to do nothing with it and to just slap it together in a way that's not 
not immediately obvious, but that doesn't work when you have such dark and deep and interesting themes that you gloss over with a flip book. Ah, do something else, or maybe go with the, what I originally thought was going to happen. Have this rich guy show up to the plant with his Black Widow wife. He dies, and the Black Widow wife is like, Oh, Monty, I'm ever so sad. Perhaps you'd like to marry me. And then there's a plot line about Mr. Burns maybe thinking about marrying this woman. There's something to get from that as well. But there's not there. Just remember what you're doing and stick to it and build mm. on it and make something out of your foundation. I'm done. How about you, Maddie? What would you like to change? I'd like to take the darkness out of it. Yeah. Like, I-, I just found it so depressing, like, you know, how trapped Marge is feeling in this relationship. And she's like, you need to change, you need to change, you need to change. He's never going to change, Marge. People don't change. You need mm. to learn that about relationships. Move on. So <laughs> <laughs> I think she probably needs to, like, accept Homer as how he is. and Because mm. she does love him how he is. Like, that's part of Homer's character. Like, yeah, yeah, he's forgetful and he's, you know, probably a shit husband in lots of ways. But also, he has a lot of redeeming qualities. And I think it sounds a bit not great, but I think Marge needs to accept Homer how she is because they're never going to split up. Like, yeah. the family unit's never going to split up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why set up such a grim darkness yeah. If we're not going to, yeah, evolve the characters in any meaningful way, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, as for what I'd change, look, I think there is something to mine here, especially with Mo. I think maybe the story would have been more interesting if Mo was in on it, like if he wasn't being played as a bargaining chip as well, because he's sort of unwittingly going through this. Mm. Like, I feel like Nigel should have, like, sold Mo's involvement a bit on it as well, because it's just sort of weird. It's like hey, I'll give you a, a, a fucking big expensive bar to run. And Mo doesn't really... He just sort of happens to be going along with it. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't question it. Yeah, so I feel like that could have also led to a confrontation scene with Mo and Nigel where mm. that would have sold Mo's redemption arc in this story as well. And I kind of agree. Fucking just lighten it up a little. Like, <laughs> like I'm here to be entertained. Like, yeah. not feel depressed about my life. Oh, and also there should have been a scene where Nigel told Marge, you know, I kind of concocted this. I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> because that would have helped sell Marge's forgiving of Homer as well. Mm. Because, mm. yeah, these people are just sort of getting played and it doesn't feel meaningful at no all. No one really ever knows they're getting played. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're here. BT, do you have any other notes? I know, I burned through them all. Nice. Maddie, do you have any other notes? Oh, you know what? I would actually really like to read Barney's novel. (laughs) Like, remember when he did his short film and it was so, like, deep and artsy? I feel like his novel would be, uh, you know, really one of a tortured soul. The unfortunately named film, Pucahontas, yep. (laughs) Yeah. And then what was his novel called, sorry? Of the Time and Liver. Yep. Mm. (laughs) Uh, What was his second one after he got his shitting? Uh, a tale uh, an ale ale of ale two, two cities. cities. Yep, yep, not bad. And oh yeah, sorry. When Homer did the flip book, I liked the ending of the flip book where it said the end question mark, and then it did the Grace films. Yeah. <laughs> that was quite funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even his flip book needed to be credited to Gracie films. I don't mean this to be as grim as it may sound, but I think I just found the design for your tombstone. Gracie films? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been a, a grim episode, so I yeah, feel like yeah. continue the morbid. <laughs> Just makes that sound as people walk past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's on like a trigger like those talking fish. Yeah, sprays a mist as well. <laughs> uh, oh, my final note time. Now it's time and now it's time for his final notes. Elliot's final notes. Uh, Homer had a couple of like, I'm Homer moments where he's like, were the flowers a metaphor for something? 
honey metaphor. Yeah. And uh, when he got the cocktail that was all maraschino cherries. Yeah. And then I kind of like when he's like, they don't charge for extra cherries. Yeah, mm. I did kind of like that. Yeah. And yeah. then I like how they look over and he's got his watch caught in the woman's hair. <laughs> yeah, and there's a moment of, I'm definitely going to win this bet no matter what. Yeah, yeah, good way to sell it. That Yeah, Homer can have yeah the most beautiful women in the world hitting on him and he'd he's, still <laughs> yep. fuck it up. <laughs> yep. I thought there was a really sweet moment where Marge is panning around the city and sees Police Chief Wiggum got a big box of jewellery evidence for Sarah. Yeah. 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 They're going to have a nice night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was the other obvious Homer blur moment. Look, I can change. I'm eating a carrot. Oh, mm. that was great. he pulls it out of his nose and throws it in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, again, uh, lots of <laughs> moments of characters eating things that they don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I liked when he took his beer to go and he made a little foil swan out of it. Yeah, that was that was nice. Mo made reference to his talking bar rag. That you, was weird. Do you know about this episode, Maddie? No. Mo goes from rags to riches. Yeah, one of our big fucking massive failure episodes. Yeah. Really? Uh, it where, sounds awful. Yeah, me. Mo's rag narrates his story about uh, how he got to Mo's bar, and he was f- woven from a fabric made of possessed sheep, and yeah. he went through the ages. Yeah, it's a fucking crazy bad episode. Mm. Wow. Which wastes Jeremy Irons as a um, guest star. Yeah. Sorry, Jeremy's iron. <laughs> nice Mo busting into Mo her house going Rah! sorry force of habit yeah cause he's like uh, he's one of those people wanted for any haunted house it's like mm. oh I liked yeah. though when he was confiding in um, Sideshow Mel and Mel's like uh, yeah why are you talking to me he's like oh I don't know I thought we were friends yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah cause he's doing like the fourth wall break and then yeah. yeah they cut to a different angle and he was talking to Sideshow I really like that too this is one of the very few episodes where Lisa does not have a single line of dialogue. <gasps> oh my God, True. she didn't. Yep. Bart had one line. Yep, Bart only had one line as well. Poor Nancy, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Money pits trying up. Yeah. It's just sort of surprising that, because uh, she was there, Lisa was there. Yeah. Like, yep. Marge's text notification is the same as my notification for Uber Eats. So, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, I didn't remember ordering food. <laughs> yeah, I kept looking at my phone. I mean, expecting, I don't know, sushi or something to start coming, but yeah. it didn't. And I was disappointed. So that's a tick against this episode. And now I want sushi. <laughs> and, oh, the supermarket clerk with her obvious, uh, I used to be a psychiatrist, but I got fired for prescribing too few meds. Uh, our health system's <laughs> fucked. Yeah, I'm trying to push this microphone through my eye right it's now. true, audience, he is. <laughs> and he loves that microphone. Um, it's like a cat when you like want attention. <laughs> <laughs> my face is itchy. Oh, love me. <laughs> oh. I was around my lady friend's house the other night and like her cat was rubbing against my foot and like I'm kind of ticklish and <laughs> like I kind of flinched a little bit and then it's just fucking latched on and just <gasps> fucking yes. slammed into my toes and then I accidentally <laughs> kicked it into a table. <laughs> wow, you just became like a Ben Stiller movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, my final note is I really didn't like Kevin Michael Richardson's songs in this, especially mm-hmm. the one that's like, they're back together, now the episode is over, except for this tag. Yeah. 
It's time to rank this thing. <laughs> On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, you give it a participant. But for the positive rankings, you got okay, bronze, good silver, excellent gold, but for the best of the very best, you give cubic zirconia. Now let me go first. Let me show you how it's done. I'm going to give it a participant just, and I'm bumping up from a failure because stylistically it was good. There are some good elements, some good jokes, but fuck, I was close. Maddie, what do you reckon? I'm doing participant as well. Like, I've seen failures and, you know, <laughs> this at least had a logical plot point. Mm -hmm. So yep. I'll give them that. I think they really redeemed that. All right. And BT, finish it off. Fail. Whoa. I hate this one. And it's, <laughs> again, it's subtle and it's in the wings. And I definitely agree that compared to some failures, this isn't the atrocious mess, but it's just beneath the surface. And if you go there, you can see just the filth. So in the pit, go to hell, you bastard. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that is a damning, <laughs> damning review, sir. Yeah. Well, I mean, I might do it the old, uh, you know, embrace of death, give it a hug, and then it pulls away and there's a knife in its heart. <laughs> do you see the rabbits? <laughs> <laughs> do you see him, blue eyes? <laughs> Just going to quickly see what other participants we've got. What's Bart's new friend? Uh, where Homer reverts oh, yeah, back yeah. to a kid. Like, is he still Homer, or does he, he's Homer, like, Freaky he's Friday kind of buddy? Kinda, he, his brain goes back to being 10 years old, and he starts hanging out with the bar, and they have a good time, but there's no conflict, and it's, it just doesn't matter. Oh, I was going to say, it sounds kind of cute. It was. It was a good idea, and it just didn't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no conflict for him to go back or to stay. Like, there's mm -hmm. no moment of, I want to be a 10-year-old kid because it's fun, but these people, I you know, who say they're my family, say they need me. Oh, I guess I, there's nothing of that. It's just... Okay, I'm going back to being an adult now. Bye. It's yeah. like, oh, okay. And so, yes, this will be a dull <laughs> participant and it'll be joining other dull participant like Bart's new friend. Mm -hmm. Also, yokel cords that we reviewed with you, Maddie. That was the... Oh, when yeah. they... With the crusty and the... Yeah. Cletus yeah. and the... Yeah. What is sound it? Sound of the, music. Party. Yeah. Sound of music one. Also from season 28, 22 for 30. That's the Bart basketball documentary one. Yeah. The Great Fatsby Part 1. <laughs> <laughs> and Havana Wild Weekend, which was the first season 28 episode we reviewed, hmm. um, where they go to Cuba again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yep. I want to go to Cuba. The Simpsons have been twice. I've been months. <laughs> I know. It looks really nice. <laughs> and also from season 30, the girl on the bus that we reviewed in our mm. season 30 wasteland. Yeah, where Lisa meets a new friend. And, and nothing matters. No, nothing really happens. Oh, except that Bart gets a club in his room for no particular reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how do we resolve this episode? I don't know. Bart opens a nightclub in his room? Of course. You're hired, Jenkins. Yep. That's how he got the job. Later <laughs> on, we heard how he got promoted. And also Pranks and Greens, which we reviewed the other week, where Jonah Hill is a prankster that's more radical than Bart. Radical. Yes. And now a new segment that I'm going to introduce on this. because what? I... It's been 130 episodes. <laughs> now, no time for a change. Keeping it fresh. Yeah. You always surprise me. Uh, now we're going to see, I'm going to add the score into the overall season 28 and we're going to see where season 28 is ranking on the overall, you know, collating all the scores of the episodes. The and... season index. Yep. So the season 28 is still ranking as a dull participant overall. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, this episode just sort of really rode the average on the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not surprising. All right. Now, before we move on, is that reputation justified? <clears throat> Exit spite. Good or shite. Let's decide. A reputation justified. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> that was incredible. Thank you. <laughs> We've been doing new, new songs. 
And don't forget, Metallica will be touring Australia with Slipknot later in the year. Fun fact, I won't be doing that song at the concert. <laughs> Dennis Perkins of the AV Club. Dennis the Wildcard Perkins. He gave this episode a B+. Of Fuck off, Dennis! Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> so this is like silver territory for the AV Club. Jesus. Writer Jeff Martin knows this world like the back of his five-fingered hand. <laughs> Having penned some genuine classics in his day, true, his one foray back into the show after a few decades' absence didn't quite reach those heights, but it came close. And just for the record, do you guys remember we reviewed how Lisa got her Marge back? Mm. Where Marge and Lisa are fighting, Marge didn't really like jazz the whole oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, so that was the first one that he wrote when he came back after, yeah, a long absence. So. Okay. <laughs> Should have stayed gone. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but not really. Whatever pit they dug you out of, they should have left you there. <sighs> But, I mean, he's right. He did pen some classics back in the day, like Three Men in a Comic Book. Oh, wow. Oh, I like that one. Yep. The auto <laughs> show, Streetcar Named Marge. Oh, wow. that one's so good. Lisa the Beauty Queen. Wow. Oh, I love that one. That's an amazing episode. Lisa's First Word and Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Oh, my God. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the musical episodes as well. Yeah, and a lot of the Lisa Hart episodes. Mm. It's surprising. Yeah, Lisa the Beauty Queen is like in my running for best episode ever. Wow. Really? I mean, I really like it too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it was one that like I think took us all by surprise with how good it was when yeah. we reviewed so it. So good. All right, guys. It's time we move on to the teens era now. And we're going to season 16 on a clear day. I can't see my sister. We'll be back. Hey there, Blimpy boy. <laughs> <laughs> And we are back and we just watched our Teens Era episode, which was Season 16, Episode 11, On a Clear Day I Can't See My Sister. First released in March of 2005, it was directed by Bob Anderson, written by Jeff Westbrook. In this episode, Bart takes it one step too far finally and Lisa gets a restraining order out on him and in the B story, Homer becomes a sprawl mart greeter. What do we think? Yeah, it's fine. It was a bit meh. Yeah. It was bizarre. Yeah. 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 I had some fun with the jokes of this, even though I realise this is a very ridiculous story. Yeah, but we've embraced ridiculous stories. That's fine. Like, I can I've, live with that. Yeah, I was going to say, I just feel like I've seen I've seen worse. And mm-hmm. it, it, like, this isn't great. Yeah. This is far from great. This yep. is far from okay. But does it offend you or bother you? Yeah, yeah I don't feel strongly about it. No, certainly mm. not. All right, well, let's hook into it and uh, get into the menace of it all. <laughs> BT, for better or worse, what's a uh, moment that stands out to you from this episode? Gary Busey's cameo. <laughs> ah, that's what I was going to say. He fucking actually... led into the skid, didn't he? <laughs> I think that's great. I think it's going for it, especially when they're watching the video. It's like, hi, I'm Gary Busey. Welcome to you, you and your restraining order. Now, let's watch this video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, there's not a whole lot to say about it. It was a good cameo. It was well done. I got some laughs out of it. And nicely done, Gary, you freaking weirdo. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he just he knows his brand now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and I like at the end how he's like, "This was actually about me," and yeah. <laughs> Mary was a compilation of twelve different women. Yeah, <laughs> and one small film independent company. <laughs> I wonder if they just the script just said manic laughter. Yeah, or just, that was just something he did. 
I've got to say, though, for a show where every character has a prominent overbite, I kind of wish they gave him more of one because, <laughs> yeah, he's got, like, the world's best real-world overbite. <laughs> True. Mm. All the overbite. <laughs> he's an orthodontist dream. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, both the courts and uh, the dentists go cha-ching. Just money for days on that Busey dollar. Mm. And while we're here as well, the other guest star for the episode was Jane Cax Merrick, who was the mother in Malcolm in the Middle, and in this mm-hmm. episode she was playing Judge Constance Harm. And yep. she had one line. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, yeah, she became a reoccurring character in the teens era, and, yeah, uh, sort of like a Judge Judy stand-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a nice balance to Judge Schneider. Yeah, definitely. Because Judd Snyder's always been a bit easier. Yeah, he's very Hibbert-esque. Yeah, <laughs> very boys will be boys. Sorry, the clown is down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did well. And again, joining my line of celebrities with very easy to say first name, impossible last name. So yeah, I want I want to cast a movie with Jane Cax Merrick, John Krasinski, and Jane Krakowski. <laughs> Reading Bukowski? Yes. <laughs> Maddie, what's something that stands out to you from this episode? Well, I... Guess the other thing that kind of stood out to me. Sorry to steal you your stole my thing. I'm <laughs> sorry. Oh, okay. Um, Everybody wants Busey. I'm so- <laughs> That's just really good. Okay. Um, I'm so sorry. It says a lot. I'm it so says a lot sorry. about this episode. <laughs> Fuck. That's all right. Okay. What about? <laughs> I liked when Chief Wiggum had all three of them in the jail, like yeah. Bart, oh, yeah. Snake, and Lou. <laughs> He's like, "See what happens when you violate your restraining order." Yes. Snake, do you see what happens when you <laughs> kidnap the president? Yeah. Lou, do you see what happens when you bring back my coffee cold? Yeah, I thought it was a lame joke, but you ordered an iced coffee. But I yeah. said nice coffee. Yeah, <laughs> that was ah, uh, yeah, got me. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that run of jokes. Uh, yeah, overall, nothing really stood out in mm. worse or better. It was, yeah. yeah, it's just such a meh episode, eh? Yeah. Beige. Well, one of the reasons I brought this one for you today because this was a slight continuation of the Skinner Krabuffle breakup. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't like that beginning bit at all, where no. Skinner's like still trying to hit on. And then, yeah, and for something they really lean into at the beginning, it goes away completely. Yeah, you yeah. think that's going to go somewhere, and it, it doesn't. And instead, they've got two teachers making out on a field trip, which mm-hmm. is just highly inappropriate for the children. There's some more implied inappropriateness when. Yeah, the park ranger goes to save Lisa, who's drowning, and he's then putting on his pants and suspenders, and then doesn't go to save her. <laughs> hey, she's walking on the glacier. Yeah, she that's can't right. drown. It didn't melt. I do like as well, though, when Bart makes a joke of, oh, the frog's got a nut on its butt, and yeah. the ranger laughs as well. Yeah. <laughs> Always great when the responsible adult is getting in on the bullying yeah. as well. Mm. I'd totally be that teacher. If I was a teacher, I'd be like, oh, that was pretty funny yeah <laughs> good one kids continue your bullying yeah and Bart once again doing uh um his classic bit of using a walkie-talkie and yep. having someone make it these sounds are not coming from me <laughs> not the same bit but anyway y'all know what I'm talking yeah, about a bit yeah. weird that Lisa didn't you know notice and do anything about it but whatever yeah, yeah she, she just kept... kept saying toxic emissions and vapors and all that stuff yep. So, yeah, the Skinner-Krabuffle thing, yeah, the culmination of it is, yeah, Krabuffle making out with the ranger and Skinner, like, getting back at her by making out with a mummy. That was Mm. gross. Yeah. it was. That was gross. And also somehow thinking that would be a good idea. 
this is such off-model Skinner in this. Yeah. Like, first of all, calling himself the Skin Man earlier in the episode. Mm. He's, he I never... mean, love makes you crazy, but it don't make you that stupid. Yeah, yeah, for real. Actually, if anyone needed a restraining order, it would have been Edna against Skinner. Yes. Jesus, that there's your bloody episode. Yeah. Her boss is all like, I love you, let's continue our relationship after you've clearly said no. Totes and approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, there's so much creepiness going mm. on there. Yes. And as if she'd want him back now that he's made out with a... What's the word I'm looking for? A a deceased corpse. corpse. A preserved human pickle. Desiccated? No. No. (laughs) Decrepit? Desiccated coconut? Dilapidated? No, that's a house. Well, (laughs) as we learned from the previous episode, all Skinner really needs to do is have a flip book. Yeah, Mm. yeah, that's right. And some music. Yep. Mm -hmm. Birds suddenly appear in a flip book. Just a little bit of sentimentality to show they care. Yeah. Just a little bit. I only just noticed on this point as well, the whole thing starts with like, oh, it's welcome to 3 a.m. We're going to go see this glacier. I was like, why were you going that early in the morning? Hmm. Yeah. I guess glaciers aren't time sensitive. Well, they are when they're melting. Have you seen? Uh, Ma'am, they are not melting. The position of the U.S. government is that this is a fine glacier and it's just taking a rest. (gasps) Fucking depressing. This was, goddamn, almost 15 years ago now. And we fixed the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Everything's fine now. (laughs) Glaciers are, as they always were, ice sheets are perfect. Glaciers just molt. It's a thing that's happening. (laughs) Oh, dear. Play count. How many times before today have you seen this episode? I think maybe like two or three. Yeah. I've also possibly seen the tons or the thrunts. Yeah. I weirdly remember the Homer stuff more than I remember the Bart Lisa stuff. Yeah. It seems like so much more fun and then it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Mm. I love all the Walmart stuff. And yeah, leading into the wackiness of this episode. Fuck, I love it when, what will the people do without a greeter? Yeah, that was so good. The one lady just taking shit out of her purse mindlessly. I'm like, yeah. So yeah, I mean, just walking yeah. into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> like he was in a video game. Yeah. And- <laughs> like a sim when you remove the door. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there could have been something more with that B-plot, eh? Like, Mm. maybe Grandpa got jealous that Homer took his job, and then something, something. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for a job that Homer doesn't actually need. Like, it's not like he got a better career, he just kind of fell into it and was doing it for shits and gigs. Mm. Yeah, and again, talking about stories that don't culminate into anything, it just sort of ends with them get like, a massive lock-in. But then it's okay, because they just steal shit, and that's that story. Over. And that just yeah. makes sense. He just drove the forklift with all the TVs out of the I door. And d- did he come back? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and as someone in charge of safety at my place of work, Homer does not have a forklift license. Are, are you sure about that? Pretty sure. He, I don't on know. all his jobs, he's never gotten a license you to ride a forklift. Maybe he does it when we're not watching And him. I don't think he was wearing a safety vest either. I don't oh, I think his seatbelt was on. <laughs> it's <laughs> nighttime. He didn't have the forward facing lights. Wait, they have seatbelts in forklifts now? Yeah, man. It's the first thing you do. If you get on the forklift and you start it before putting your seatbelt on, immediate fail on the test. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I thought because they roll so easy that... They keep you in the seat so you don't die if it rolls. Yeah, fair enough. Forklift safety, everybody. Take it seriously. I didn't know they rolled. And now you know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mm. Because, yeah, especially when the is up, they can be super top heavy. Very Mm -hmm. susceptible to rolling. Something about forklifts I did not know. Yeah. Forklifts, four-wheel drives. If it starts with a four and it's a vehicle, it's going to topple. Like, uh, uh, what do they call them? Quad fikes. Yeah, that's why I was Quad's another word for four. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They thought they could get away with their Latin. (laughs) Four bike. (laughs) 
Yeah, but uh, again, it's such a stupid plot point, but I did love the scene of everybody stealing shit. The yeah. guy shoving yeah. golf clubs down his pants. And... <laughs> yeah, someone's just got a puppy and he's just like tucking yeah. it in a jacket. Oh, and earlier in the episode, like, yeah, the Walmart, of course, being a bulk store, they had like a pyramid of puppies that were just all staying there. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, good boys. They're all good boys, Elliot. So yeah, other cartoony moments of this episode. Uh, the Simpsons have a river in their backyard now. Yep. That entire scene in the background with Bart becoming like one with the animals, that was very cartoon wacky. Yeah, and I had to show you guys a video after this because it's kind of surprisingly timely. There's been a video recently that's been doing the viral rounds of, yeah, a woman that does exercise by trotting like a horse or a dog or whatever way you want to look at it. And yeah, just had to make sure y'all were up to speed on that. I'll put a link in the description because it's super funny. She does like the show jumping in her living room (laughs) over like, she like sets up these height obstacles. And is good at it as well. It's freakishly good. I kind of want to go home and see how well I can do it. (laughs) Predicting badly, but you do you, Maddie. (laughs) You know, you're going to play hockey later, try to convince, you know, half the team become the horses and turn it into a game of polo. (laughs) Sorry, guys, can't come to the game today. I've got to go home and practice show jumping. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that woman has such a great canter. And, yeah, the Mm. way that Bart was running in this just reminded me so much Mm. of that. Yeah, Yeah. she has a very straight back when she does. Oh, she's very good at it, but it always falls back to... Why? How? Mm. How did you start? To, how did you uncover this mm-hmm. talent? Yeah. And also, <laughs> why did the episode feel it needed to do this this late in the game? Like, because it doesn't really tie into the end as well when Bart sort of. Yeah, it's meant to be Lisa sees him going kind of feral, but that doesn't really change her opinion of anything. It's only yeah. when he makes what she thinks is a statue honoring her, but ends up being an effigy. Yeah, I thought that was really egotistical that she's like, oh, he's making a statue of me. I forgive him now. I was like, oh, God, that's a bit wanky, ladies. Yeah. Did you guys buy that ending as well? Like, no. I almost like I like the line, I missed your lies. Yeah, yeah but, um, I liked that too. Yeah, but there was there were other ways to do this. Mm. But yeah, the bullies' involvement again, they're one of my big gripes of the teens era. Oh my god, she's here. It's an effigist's worst nightmare. Did you find it weird that they were in the library as well? When yeah. Bart yeah, they're at the cafe at the library. Just because like, they listen. laugh when he gets poked into the gay interest section. Mm. Yeah, that montage, that was like a perfect three things that I liked, nothinged, and hated. Yeah. The bookstore <laughs> thing, I nothinged. The pizza thing where he's out in the rain and it slides off into yeah. the sewer. Loved that. But him on the trolley behind the bus, it was, yeah, it was too much. Mm. Yeah. Especially because I kind of liked Lisa, you know, poking him with that broom fishing pole yeah. baseball bat with the screwdriver on the end. Especially when she's trying to come into the kitchen. He's like, ow, ow, I can at least finish my milk and just knocks it over. Yeah. <laughs> and again, the fact we don't see Lisa, we just see the prodding stick. It makes it funnier. Yeah, Homer, why'd you put the screwdriver on the end? <laughs> Teach you what it's like in the real world. <laughs> That's a good explanation for virtually anything. Ooh, yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> Again, there's so many mixed moments in this. Uh, any other cartoony things that stood out to you? I do like when Bart has to start learning in uh, Willie's shack. And he's like, what's that smell? And something's dripping on me. The smell is manure and the dripping is manure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like as well, he's like, and we're starting at chapter one. And he's like, but we're up to chapter 12 in class. Well, then you'll be teaching Willie. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. Ah, there's a great bit at the beginning where the roads are very icy and Skinner's like, oh, no, it's fine. We'll get the chains out. And yeah. the kids are just pulling the bus with chains. <laughs> yeah, but, but again, they fucking went uh, one beat too far with Uda going, this is just like Fitzcarraldo. Yeah. yeah. That movie was flawed, Punch. What? Mm. 
Is okay. Uta dead as well? Huh, whatever. <laughs> we just want Uta. <laughs> we just want some closure. <laughs> One bit I did actually quite like is when Bart's doing the fart noises across the walkie-talkie, and then Wiggum's like, "Hey, get off this channel! We're searching for a dead body." It's like, yeah. Oh, let him have his fight, and then they do the classic horror movie thing: blood dripping from above, like. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and cut back to the other end of the walkie-talkie with buttons. That used to be a face! Yeah, it's a good little big build with like a little, little subtle bit. Yeah. I like that, yeah. Underplated is what I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminded me of Mushface from Tuka and Birdie. <laughs> Have you seen Tuka and Birdie yet, Maddie? No, I haven't. Ah, so good. It's on it's Netflix. It's, it's a weird watch, but uh, pretty good. Did you ever watch BoJack Horseman or... You know, I never really got into BoJack, but I feel like maybe I could have. I feel like Tuka and Birdie is the BoJack show for people that may not have gotten into BoJack. (laughs) I feel like it's weird, so it's probably going to be harder to crack. Well, Um, yeah, the intro does start with big tits on a building. Why? (laughs) Why does a building have tits? It bothers me so much. The the plants also have tits. Is it the two, the two, like the bird one? Is that the one you're talking about? Oh, is that the one with Ali Wong? Yeah. Oh, so it's good? Oh, I love it. I've oh. almost watched it twice through now. I love Ali Wong. I love her stand-up. Yeah, I've been hearing good things about her new show, her uh, Always Be My Maybe. Yeah. You know what? Next rom-com night, that's what I'm doing. Yep. <laughs> While I'm show jumping in the living room. What an exciting <laughs> night I've got ahead of me. Yeah, you have quite the life there, man. <laughs> Living the dream. And the other wacky thing I wanted to say was the no cliche when Homer turns it into gnomes. Uh, oh, yeah, that whole gnome thing at the beginning, that just... That was just that. For me, it was bad joke after bad joke. Uh, and so, oh, Grandpa, you're so shriveled now, and he's holding off, and you're like... Eh, and yeah. Yeah, but weirdly, like the bit was like, I'll miss your red hat and your cane and your base. And then he's like, I'm down here. Where's your base? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. <laughs> weirdly, that I like the second bite more. Yeah. But uh, it happens. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Uh, yeah, often the second bite's the thing we're yeah. complaining about. The other little bit of wackiness I also want to mention is when it's like, from now on, you have to stay 200 feet away from your sister. And everyone's like, oh, and then she was, that's 61 meters. And there's yeah. like a collection of just countries that use the metric system going, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because Americans are the minority. It's like them mm. and one African country that still use Imperial. Yes. Mm. So how about the heart of this episode? Did you guys feel any bumps? I mean, I should have, and I guess that's part of the problem. It just, it resolves so quickly, and for no other reason than, you made a statue. No, you didn't. I love you, lies. Welcome back. Mm. The bit that probably got me the most was when Lisa's trying to think of nice things Bart did for her, and she goes, yeah. oh, he did try to cheer me up that one time when my hamster died, and it's Bart and Lisa when they're little, and Bart's trying to cheer her up by pranking Homer Mm -hmm. and I kind of like I like that childhood connection like they're still kids like they're still can do that for one another Hmm. build those memories yeah a lot of great examples of them get them getting along that end up being a lot of fun so Mm, yeah Yeah. it sort of felt weird to me that Lisa hung on he hasn't done one nice thing and like especially when they do the childhood flashback Mm. and I'm sort of remembering Lisa on ice yeah Yeah. you know she's crying and Bart pushes the the ice cream on top I feel I'll stop getting goosebumps (laughs) just thinking about that yeah I feel like that could have been an opportunity to do that and then instead she saw the statue and was like that's the third nice thing I was like yeah and yeah the other problem i had with that flashback is that it was more about homer Mm. again taking that second and third bite of the joke quite literally yeah Mm. yeah any other heart moments that's the thing there should be one at the end because she goes from like why is three nice things the thing that's going to make her forgive him Mm. surely it should be a realization that you do like him even though there's all these problems or him showing some kind of respect or much like the first episode we watched he doesn't really do anything or change yeah. in yeah. any regard. 
And then it's just like, oh, but I forgive you. Welcome back to the house. Yeah, I kind of thought it was weird how she was like, oh, I have been a bit of a pill. Yeah. And it's like, mm, I mean, yes, you have been, Lisa. It was, like, a, it was an extreme reaction, but it, was, it wasn't unwarranted. I feel like her vengeance could have been funnier. Yeah. Like maybe some elaborate kind of plot to get him back and give him a taste of his own medicine. But like, I thought it was funny when Bart was at the judge and he's like, but judge, my sister has no sense of humor. Mm. And I'm kind of like, mm, she doesn't. Yeah. Some of the things pretty he much. does are pretty funny. Like yeah. if I was watching him, I would also laugh. Like I said, I'd be the national parks yeah. guard <laughs> having a giggle being like, oh, good one, kid. Look, it's sort of this thing where Bart sort of being, by virtue of being the older sibling, has mm. the upper hand in these situations. And then when Lisa is given some hand, or in this case a pole, she does take advantage of it and mm-hmm. she does make his life miserable. And I felt like there was an unexplored area of that too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like she got like a little bit sadistic mean, yes. whereas Bart's not a mean kid. He's just naughty. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a joke to be had. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's his character. Mm. So ultimately, though, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? I mean, kids fight, hope he gets a new job, sure. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I think definitely still feeling like The Simpsons, but mm. just a, like a yeah, episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, they just don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got like a framework that's going on and it's yeah, it feels a bit paint by numbersy. And I will say, like, as far as character integrity goes, I mean, Homer has occasionally alluded to a secret musical prodigy mm-hmm. being a secret musical prodigy. He can play Marimba now. <laughs> yeah, that was funny when Bart was outside in the backyard and he's like, I bet they're missing me at least. And they're uh, flashes to inside the house yeah. and they're having a jazz band jam. Yeah, yeah just playing some mm-hmm. good old Dixieland and Marge is fucking shredding the trumpet. Yeah, yeah. who knew Marge could play the trumpet? Actually, now that you bring that up, <laughs> gosh, she could have questions. a little side career. I guess the kids are quite talented. Yeah. Like, you know, Bart had that drumming episode. Yep. Yep. Wasn't that great at guitar, but he could do the drums. What was the other mm. instrument? Because there was a third one, and we did it recently. Oh, piano. He wasn't good at piano. That's mm. right. He faked being good at piano because every piano mm. has a CD drive that you can just put a CD in. Again, this is a, Maddie's looking at me very confused right now. I was like, <laughs> oh, that sounds logical. <laughs> yep. Logical for a Simpsons HD. Uh, dislike that episode. But, I mean, besides Skinner as well, that was a pretty bad character integrity break. I don't. Th- yeah. I think everybody else was pretty on point, though. Mm. Yeah. 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 Get some Wiggum Lou shenanigans, and it's actually fun shenanigans. Yeah. yeah I liked the Wiggum Lou dynamic yeah. of this episode, even though it was only two things. It yeah. was enough. There was a little, little, little break to go, and what are Wiggum and Lou up to? So good. Waka waka. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then when Wiggum is giving the restraining order, I remember there was a good joke there. Oh, oh I don't make the rules. I just. Uh, yeah, something, them. <laughs> something them. <laughs> oh yeah, and then the name of the video was "Get Out of My Dreams" and also my car. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, oh, actually, speaking <laughs> of music, though, that montage I forgot to mention. The Teens Era of Simpsons had a really big habit of using super on the nose musical choices. Maybe they just had an extra bit of money to work with, and yeah, so we got a little bit of the police in this one. Oh, yeah, don't stand so close to me. Mm. Oh, the I way I feel about everyone constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say the classical music montage at the end. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, over when Bart was going feral, which... Weird to have classy music during feralness. (laughs) It's a juxtaposition. I kind of 
liked that as a episode slash character choice of yeah. Bart. I thought mm. that was really on point with the integrity. Like, you know, his Bart and his solution could be to change or to apologize or I don't know, something. Mm. And then instead he finds like a option C, which yeah. is to kind of adapt to his surroundings and find a new life, yeah, which feral is with a pack of dogs. to be feral. And like, I feel like that's very Bart, like very wild, very go with the flow kind of, all right, well, here we are. Let's just go with this then. Yeah, especially yeah. what you said about finding an option C. Mm. It's like, nah, how about I don't do those things mm-hmm. and I do my own thing. Yeah. And I just had to look it up because... I've been weirdly speaking about Malcolm in the Middle a lot on the podcast oh, recently. I love Malcolm in the Middle. Come on. Oh, it's a landmark show. Oh, honestly, one of my favourite sitcoms of all time. And there's an episode where Reese starts running with a pack of dogs. Uh-huh. <laughs> and oh, I love it. At one point, he's like, where do we go next, dogs? And then they all roll over and he's like, you're making me the alpha? <laughs> oh, and then when Malcolm's like, hoses him and then he shakes off like, oh, it's so good. Anyway. <laughs> That episode came out a month before this episode. Oh, really? so, ah! so I was wondering if one had stolen from the other, yeah. but no, there's just no way. They both came up around the same time. Oh my wow. God, and that's that, even weirder. And they're both Fox shows as well. Yeah. So that's... And that actress is there going, God, this is familiar. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> I didn't even, I forgot Malcolm was on the same time as this, because mm. obviously Malcolm was so long ago now. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Fuck, this episode, what, 10 years old? Uh, 14. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's I right. I feel old. Mm. Oh, way before Brian Cranston had broken bad. And- oh, <laughs> I wasn't even selling drugs then. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of it. He was like, drugs? No, of course not. Just living his cancer-free life. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, I, I want to do a rewatch of Malcolm in Can the Middle. Can we do so a good. Malcolm in the Middle podcast? Malcolm in the Middle Index, where we watch the whole thing. And they're all great. <laughs> I know. I don't know if that show ever declines. So. Oh, God. How good's the scene? They're in the golf cart and they, yeah. like, fucking let loose on yeah. Hal's family. Oh, I love that scene. And then yes. they're just all in the golf cart, like, sinking in the pool. <laughs> That's right. Because, yeah, it's they made mom cry. That was like, We make mom cry. Yeah, that was, like, the epitome of that, I, I think, the show. No, again, because it was just one of those shows that I think eight, nine seasons, seven maybe. Seven. That Yeah, it just went out exactly at the right time. Mm. And didn't overstay its welcome, didn't yeah. burn out. Mm. And yeah, had one of the most satisfying finales of oh, any season. How good was the finale? And they're like, yeah, you're going to be president. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Dewey becomes, you know, king of Winterfell. <laughs> <laughs> I get that now. <laughs> yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't avoid if it's on. If it was on, I wouldn't go out of my no. way and be like, oh, I really feel like watching that episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. I'm definitely doing something else at the same time. I'm folding laundry. I'm playing Switch. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, practicing my. Uh, major scales on your marimba yep. <laughs> my marimba of course so yeah we might watch it again it probably might be nice to pair this up with another episode or two what playlist would this go in Bart and Lisa moments mm-hmm. I put it with Lisa on ice but actually to be honest I, I wouldn't want to put it <laughs> I wouldn't want to put it with Lisa on ice because it's like you know it's shit it's a bit mm. meh like I wouldn't like want to watch that and then watch this after I'd be like yeah, it needs a buffer episode this for is a sure. Waste. Yeah. <laughs> like here's gourmet and here's cat food. Yeah. <laughs> In the same meal together at last. <laughs> Technically edible. Yeah. Not even like a gourmet cat food and an off shelf cat food. Just... I mean, assume it's good cat food. Yeah. But, you know. I mean, they say it's fancy feast, but it's <laughs> <laughs> it's hardly a feast. It's one tub. <laughs> <laughs> 
again, I hesitate to say Skinner and Krabappel because this doesn't really add a good dimension to that, mm. but Homer Jobs. Uh, Grandpa oh, yeah. Jobs. True. Let's go with the one where he's trying to get his youth back and works at a Krusty Burger. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Do we sell French <laughs> fries? Ever yeah. seen a hamburger that can take a bite out of you? <laughs> Classics. And the Sprawl Mart. That comes up a couple of times in The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if it's in good episodes, though. <laughs> Probably not. Nope. Although I do like they have a sign that says, like, Sprawl Mart, not associated with Walmart. Is the like, to have the Palport and eat, and eat it too. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. BT, what would you change? I would have Bart's punishment be, Lisa gets to prank you once, completely punishment free. And then he's got the paranoia of just, when is she going to do it? What's she going to do? It's and then Yeah. And then her whole thing is, I was never going to prank you. I just wanted to know what it's like living with that threat and that ominous you know nature and this is what you're actually doing to me is i can't relax around you and just be friends because i'm always worried it's you know something else boom Mm. better heart better episode i'm out maddie what would you like to change i agree i think like lisa's punishment could have been a bit more clever i thought it you know i thought it was gonna be real good Mm. when she's like oh you know there's gonna be something good and i was like ooh, some kind of vengeance plot point would be interesting but no restraining order was a bit like, oh, okay, um, that's a bit different. Yeah. I feel like the restraining order concept could have worked better if it was with Skinner and Cravapple. Mm. Or if it was like a dual restraining order thing going on. Mm, yeah, something like that could have been more interesting. Yeah. And as for what I'd change, yeah, look, I, I just want the stories to have a bit more resolution to them. I really wanted them to run with Bart stories. I wanted them to run with all fours on that one. and <laughs> Jump like, a picnic table. Yeah, and have them sort of worried about Bart's mental health. And Lisa's like, oh, yeah, I've taken this too far. Because... Mm. The whole three nice things, and again, this is just a problem because The Simpsons has been going on so yeah. long that they've done these stories before where we like, well, we know Bart's done nice things for her. So I really wish they sort of took that element out of it because the effigy thing really did not do anything for me. And yeah, Homer's story, it didn't resolve. It was mm. just... There was a threat of being locked in and, you know, they were almost saying something about how Walmart employees are treated and it's just like, oh, no, it's okay because we steal things. It's, yeah, not satisfying. Nope. BT, any other notes? Yeah. Hibbert has a sexual harassment lawsuit against him. Yeah. That was weird. That was really uncomfortable because it was played for laughs and was like, okay, radio, gonna back awesome. slowly out of this room. Yeah. I think that was almost felt really off character because mm. Hibbert, you know, is a friendly, approachable doctor. And now yeah. it's like, oh, actually, your doctor's a fucking creep. Know, he's like, yeah. she was under the mistletoe. What was I going to do? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> like a normal person? It just didn't need to be done. He could have set gone with like, oh, sorry, like my cat died this morning. That would have been funnier. I would have <laughs> enjoyed yeah. that yeah. more. When a dead cat is funnier, you have a problem <laughs> with your joke. I know. I just came out. I said it. You know, <laughs> no, it's on right. the floor. I'm <laughs> well, yeah, especially that scene because I relate so hard because I've actually got like a little bit of an anxiety for needles that go in the vein. Mm. I'm like, I'm like fine with like flu shots or whatever, yep. and, uh, arm or butt cheek, you know, whatever have at me. But ones that have to go in the vein, yeah. and I'm diabetic, so this has to happen often. And not only do I have this anxiety, but I've also got shy, hard to find veins. You so, yeah, shy veins. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> fortunately, I found a good. 
blood taker now who uh, knows my deal and knows how to find my veins now. But wow. yeah, in the past, I've just had nurses treat me like a pincushion. Mm. Mm. Couldn't find it. Mm. Couldn't find it. Yeah. Mm. Couldn't find it. I've had that. It sucks. Yes. Ugh. Especially seeing because I don't have shy veins. They're very confident. I know. Yeah. Hi, I'm Elliot. I have shy veins. Hi, uh, <laughs> Please be gentle. profile. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> all. Eddie Vampels will be like, well, not him, obviously. <laughs> and my other note is this one, I'm like, the last one has like these music transitions and swells in the ambience, so it doesn't sound so hollow and empty. Like when they're on the bus and it's just dialogue and there's the sound of the bus in the background, but you, can right. hear, you can hear changing gears, you can hear the bus accelerate and decelerate. It gives it that texture that without it becomes this empty, hollow void that makes you think about how bad the episode is. All right. So, comparative. Ha. That's why we do this comparative style. Maddie, any other notes? I like at the beginning where Bart goes, you work in the business as long as I have, you're bound to repeat yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was very relevant, especially considering the last episode was such like a repeat of everything. Yeah. And my note for that scene was trip for repeat. And I'm, wasn't that the tagline for Edge of Tomorrow? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. And I like when Lisa is confronting Bart and she's like, you are the worst brother ever. You're not even listening to me. And Bart goes, hey, there's a dog in the next car looking at me. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel that, Bart. Yeah. I feel yeah. that. I could be like in the depth of conversation. I'm like, oh, dog. <laughs> hey. Hey, dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, puppy staring out the bus window. Hey, look at that dog. Isn't uh, that something? Hey, everybody, there's a dog over there. <laughs> oh. And I liked in the uh, restraint video that the man was called Joe Spaghetti-O. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent character names. Mm. Uh oh, SpaghettiO. <laughs> oh, wonderful. And time for my final notes. We don't often talk about the couch gags, but once again, we get an appearance of the powers of 10 couch gag. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I was sort of saying when we we're watching it, this feels like, yeah, the Teens Era's circus couch gag. It's just like, <laughs> here we go again. Yeah. It wouldn't bother me so much if it didn't end with that terribly synced. When Homie goes, cool, but his mouth is not making that shape at all. Yeah. It's very off-putting. It's just, yeah, it's weirdly unsettling. Well, yeah, because I know in the past when we've watched it, he's gone weird. Yeah. So, yeah, they've just, like, dubbed in another word. Like, damn it, weird is so 2000. We need him to say cool. That's what the kids are saying <laughs> now. Needs to connect to our younger audience. Dagnamit. In the <laughs> hip year of 2005. Radical. <laughs> there were two unnecessary scenes where... Milhouse is picking out a postcard for his grandma and Skinner's saying he's going to exchange a towel. Yeah, because yeah. that's how souvenir shops work. I yeah, got wood can... at Sequoia Park. Oh, is that what the towel said? Yeah. Did you not read the towel? No, I was too busy making the note that this scene was unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> You'd miss out on valuable towel information then. But yeah, I had no idea that you could go between different parks and exchange different souvenirs. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what you're going to say when you go to the National Park and you're like, I watched yes. an episode of The Simpsons and Skinner could do it, so why can't I? To be fair, you never see Skinner actually do it. He just says he's going to. Yeah. yeah. You know what? As someone who works in retail, I'm going to tell you, mm. probs. Probably wouldn't accept it. Almost certainly not, yeah. I can't do anything. You know what, sir? If you want to exchange that, you have to go back to Sequoia National Park. (laughs) You'd handle that much nicer than I would have. (laughs) You'd just been like a... What? (laughs) Fuck off. Sir, we don't sell beach towels here. This is a bottle shop. (laughs) (laughs) We don't sell this product. Can you please leave my store? Yeah, people have asked some weird things in the past. Like milk, glue. What else have been asked for? Texters. See, milk I can kind of understand because yeah. there's a couple of cocktails. Yeah. Texters was a weird one. Scissors. Mm. Mm. It's like, where do you think you are? 
<laughs> There's Woolworths next door. Like, why are you here? See, cigar cutters, maybe, but scissors. Mm. Yeah, like, like we're just also a cr- booze and craft. <laughs> <laughs> Store idea. I would be so into that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Scrap boozing. Fuck. <laughs> Even got the name. Oh, man. I feel like that is so key. Like, niche market of, mm-hmm. like, 30-year-old women. Yes. Who are single. <laughs> oh. Also, there was outside the court, there was Curtis, the courtesy kangaroo. This is weird because they've done courtesy bear before. Yeah, I love courtesy bear. The courtesy bear. Wasn't he the custody kangaroo? Yeah, he was the custody kangaroo. Curtis, right. the custody kangaroo. Curtis, the custody kangaroo. Anyway, they're, yeah, they're using another Curtis yeah. mascot. Yeah. 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 There can only be one Curtis. <laughs> and my final note was I've griped in the past before about the brain damage joke, which mm-hmm. is where someone says, I hope I didn't get brain damage. And then they immediately show, get brain damage. And they literally did that with Homer pulling yep. out the chip and going, and with no brain damage, damage, damage. Ugh. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Again, these are these jokes which might be funny, but I don't know because they just, especially with The Simpsons, happen so much and it yep. grates my skull. It, dam- right. it damages it your funny. brain. Damage, damage, damage. Yeah, that just wasn't funny. Yeah. Time to rank this thing. Maddie. A little bit better than a participant. I'm going to go bronze. Yeah. Just because that little bit better than a participant. Mm hmm. All right, PT. Yeah, I was sitting around, participant bronze. I feel like if the jokes or if the story had been a little bit better, I could have gone into a bronze territory, but now I'm going to sit in a participant. But with the, you know, it's, it's a pretty good participant. It's not a bleh mm. participant. It's just a eh. Mm. Yeah, it isn't there. Just meh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just feeling right now. I'm trying yeah, to get <laughs> this is another one of these situations where I'm glad someone went participant because I know in my heart I had a good time with this one. Mm-hmm. There, I do have, I was like, oh, wow, I did have a lot of problems going through but mm-hmm. my notes. But honestly, I think the jokes that worked held up for me and, and enough to, you know, keep its head above water into bronze territory for yeah. me. But secretly glad that someone knocked it down a notch. Yeah, I feel like yep. you balanced it with your participant because yeah. I feel like a full bronze, no, no, no. And I'm not the hero you deserve. I'm the one you need. Nah. <laughs> You're the one this podcast needs. <laughs> All right. Well, averaging out, this will be a dull bronze, which oh, is beautiful. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And this will be joining other such dull bronzes as Waverly Hills 9021 Doll. Which oh, was, that was awful. Yeah. It was one of the oh, first. Oh, sorry. Not, yeah. It was dull. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the first episode we ever reviewed with you, actually. No, it wasn't. It was. Look at that. Was that a whole year ago now? Wow, that was a whole year oh, ago now. Time just flies. <laughs> sure do. That's in the green. Um, wait, no, <laughs> we have no bananas. Sunrise, <laughs> sunset. sunset. <laughs> uh, it'll also be joining Lona Lisa, which is an episode I really wish did better than that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you participated in it, you <laughs> cynical asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it'll also be joining Dark Knight Court, where Mr. Yep. Burns becomes Fruit Batman. I wish that one did a little bit better. Mm. Oh, I haven't seen that one. It's obviously worth not. It. Oh, it is <laughs> it's, worth it's, it. It's 50%. Like all the fruit Batman stuff's pretty good, but the A plot's pretty blah. Uh. Yeah. Because they've also got like a Bart Lisa plot, which um <laughs> sucks. Yeah. They're doing like a mock trial in their school, mm. which is where the court. Yeah, mm. but nothing to do with the fruit Batman stuff and it just drags it down. Okay. Also, Jazzy and the Pussycats, which is where Bart becomes a drummer. Groovy, groovy. The White Stripes one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and My Big Fat Geek Wedding, yeah. where Skinner and Krabappel break up. Oh, but you also watched with me. And The Way We Weren't. Oh. The flashback in the teens era where... It's- 
Hope. Almost like someone is planning this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't plan the rankings. <laughs> no, I meant the ones we watched with Marty. Oh, right, right, right. right. Yeah. So yeah, the flashback from the teens where Homer and Marge actually had their first kiss together mm-hmm. and Homer was pretending to be... Uh, uh, Elvis. Jagger... Abdul Jabbar. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right. Now let's see what this does to the overall season rank of season 16. Putting in the data. Boop, 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 boop. Processing. I like the data processing sounds. Yeah. That's the sound of data processing. Don't you speak, computer? <laughs> All right. It bumps it up slightly, but it is still an overall participant season, season 16. Mm, how mm. many episodes have been ranked? Of season 16. Mm hmm. Fourteen out of twenty-one. So, with seven left, yeah, with a season high ranking of a bronze, (laughs) and a season low of a unanimous failure. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, recently I posted a status where I yeah crunched the numbers and worked out our best to worst seasons. (gasps) And season sixteen is our second worst teens, and it's ranking lower than a bunch of HD era seasons. So yeah, that's saying something. Shocking. Yeah. All right. This is fascinating. I know. Data. All right, guys, <laughs> that does it for the teens era. And now we're going right to the tail end of the classic era. Uh, and we're going to watch Lost Our Lisa. Maddie, do you have any idea which episode this is? No. When you, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no, nope, going to go with no. Uh, a uh, lot oh. of ways to say no. But the okay. answer is no. The one where Lisa gets lost, maybe? Where did she get lost? <laughs> The distress. City. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see when we come back very shortly. And we are back and we just watched our classic and final episode of the day. This was Season 9, Episode 24, the second last episode of the classic era, <sighs> Lost Our Lisa. First released in May of 1998, it was directed by Pete Michaels, written by Brian Scully, the brother of Mike Scully, a famous Simpsons writer. Mm-hmm. In this episode, this is the one where Lisa wants to go to the ISIS exhibit and instead of taking <laughs> a limo... Yeah, I know. <laughs> that word changed. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. Archer had very similar difficulties with that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, she wants to see the ISIS exhibit at the museum and she takes the wrong bus, gets lost. And in the B story, Buck glues a bunch of shit to his face. Guys, what did we think? Smashing. Smashing. Oh, I loved it. You know what? I think the fact that it's like, mm. you know, like the heart of the episode, which it, we'll get into yep. in due time. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like that really... Uh, Really shines through as that mm. second, yeah, classic. Yeah, the second from the end of the eras, and mm. the last one which we reviewed way back in the early days of the podcast, which the last episode of the classic era, which was Natural Born Kisses, oh. where Marge and Homer get into being freaky out in public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, Sli- this one slightly is... different. Yeah, different. So we all heart. came here to hit. So we all came here to hear hardcore nudity. <laughs> you can hear the nudity. I know. I realized here to hear was a difficult <laughs> sentence. Uh, e. for better or worse, what's something that stood out to you? That. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Man, this is the one that, okay, a lot of the classic era we love because they front load with so many jokes, you're having a great time, and then they kind of start getting in the story proper. This one, I think, builds both on story and jokes. Like It starts off not bad, but it's more plot-driven. But as we get on, the plot really ramps up and the jokes start ramping up alongside with it. And then, bam, it hits with heart. So structurally, this is a great one, but in a very different way. But the moments I wanted to point out is 
how we kind of get into the plot because we have Lisa do the whole mom gonna take the bus no dear and she's like well calls up Homer and is like can I take the bus uh, maybe oh I could take a limo yeah. that'll be two hundred dollars though he's like ah sweetie you should take the bus sometimes daddies have to say no she, oh, she knows how to play him so good yeah. yeah I love that classic I would say it's a very daughter father <laughs> manipulation thing to yeah. be honest but it's very clever and it's very clever it's leads well to Lisa's cleverness but mm. also to Homer not being a complete idiot just being easily misled and I yeah. like that it's a good portrayal of his character because initially he did say oh no the bus and she's like well yeah could take a limo <laughs> yeah. yeah and not until he's having lunch with Lenny and Carl is <laughs> she wanted to take a limo but I made her take a bus and you horrible person why would you let her do that um, yeah. sorry I know but like that segment is so good with Carl yeah. sitting there <laughs> wearing the pyramid hat <laughs> so uh you guys going to ask me anything about my hat? Oh, yeah. What's with that hat? Oh, this old thing? <laughs> oh, this old thing. <laughs> what a little segue. So good. I love it. See, that's the kind of like cartoon random wackiness that I'm like, yes, this is what I signed up for. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's still wacky, but it's a funny way to get to that plot point of Homer then going, I now have to leave on unrelated reasons. Yeah, yeah. good setup segue. So yeah, good. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, a lot of fun. Maddie. What's something that stands out to you about this episode, for better or worse? A hundred percent, I would say the Lisa-Homer relationship. Oh, yeah. I really think those episodes where they do the father-daughter relationship play are always so beautiful and sweet. I think especially because Homer and Lisa don't always see eye to eye and they yeah. are like have such a different perspective. I think it was really nice, this episode, where it showed Homer being a bit of an irresponsible parent but also very caring and mm. also kind of taught her something at the end about yeah. taking risks in life. I thought that was really, like, you know, sometimes The Simpsons teach you things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, stuff The Simpsons have taught me. I, I think that's a that's a whole hashtag, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Simpsons ruined my brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's not often that Homer can teach Lisa a lesson. Yeah, she, a life lesson. <laughs> she is objectively smarter than yeah. him. Yeah. But, I mean, I like how they did it in a way that, like in the first one where they're talking about how Homer needs to change, and we're all like, well, he doesn't change because this is a sitcom. It's going to revert back to zero. So there's nothing about this that suggests Lisa has unlearned that lesson or is ignoring that lesson. It still becomes a part of her. It's just not a predominant shift. And for Homer as well, it's not like, ah, you need to learn this lesson and now you'll know that forever. It's like, you know, I'm not phrasing this well, but the way it's put together really keeps to both their characters while being a lesson learned. Yeah, well, I mean, I do love how Homer's shocked where Lisa goes, I'll never take another stupid risk again. He just slams on the brain. Don't you ever, ever do say something like that again. It's so good. I actually really like it. You know, a bit of a tangent here, guys. Mm -hmm. Watched Finding Nemo last week. I was just in the mood for it. And I like when Dory says to Marlon, you said to him that you'd never let anything happen to him. Well, that's a bit of a funny thing because then... Nothing will ever happen to him. That's a bit boring. Not too much fun for a little Elmo, is it? Yeah. And yeah, I feel like that's kind of the same lesson here where it's like, you got to take those risks to have mm-hmm. adventures and got to have fun. And Oh, that's it. Yeah. If nothing happens, then nothing happens. A hundred percent. It's so fun. I love it as well. And he's like, ah, oh, that line. 
Are you feeling stupid? I know I am. <laughs> You're hot racing a mile a minute. I bet your left arm's tingling too. <laughs> so, Dad, are you all right? <laughs> that's how I feel all the time. Oh, my God. So good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that setup of lines was so good. Yeah. yeah. i got to say, this is where I sort of fell in love with the episode. I mean, mm. I, I liked it leading up to this point. And, you know, you were talking about the structure before, Beige, and i got to say, it's the pacing of this episode that actually kind of brings it down for me. Mm. Like, I feel the... Bart's story is just kind of randomly injected into it. Yeah, it's the starting gun to get somewhere else. Mm. Yeah, which is weird because at the front, there's so much of the Bart story in it. You know, we don't Mm. like kick into Lisa's involvement until five, six minutes in, and it's a Lisa episode by all uh, intents and purposes. And then, yeah, just two random scenes just dropped into the episode that just from a technical standpoint, like it's all stuff that I enjoyed, but it just sort of felt structurally weird to me. Yeah. See, I disagree with you on that because uh-huh. I know. Discourse. Shocking. I know. I'm so sorry. Do I leave now? Um, no, because it gives an excuse for Marge to be preoccupied mm. because oh, yeah. Marge always does, you know, activities with Lisa. Like, again, I think it's just that mother-daughter relationship and, you know, her being the homemaker. She's always spending time with Lisa. And so it gives her an, like uh, a reason to be pulled away from Lisa and therefore gives Homer the opportunity to step up as a parent. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was about to say a very similar thing where right. instead of being a total fuck you opening where it's completely unrelated to everything else that goes on, it's what triggers the main event because then Lisa can't go to this exhibit. We know she's really excited to go, that Marge is going to take her and also takes Marge out of the episode. That's why Lisa can't call home and call Marge. Yeah. The easily responsible one because she knows she's occupied. And we get that great bit where Homer's running around going, have you seen my little girl? And the Marge stops, winds up the window. Like, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be at work? Uh, I'm at work. Keep moving, Marge. This is in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, and I love that Mr. Burt pulls up. And it's a, Shouldn't you be at work? Yes, well, sir. you should go back to work, whoever it is you are. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that like, was such a good Homer thought. got away with skipping work because, yeah, again, we, we've we had Who Shot Mr. Burns. They don't really do the who their devil are you anymore mm-hmm. thing. And, mm. yeah, it was a great Nice little throwback to that. Yeah, for sure. I'd say because the plot comes into or earns that beginning, it's not a complete throwaway. It's different structurally, and if you don't like it, fair enough. But I think it, it works. Yeah, well, I mean, I will concede that, yeah, it's not quite the first act fuck you that mm-hmm. we normally have problems with. It is more of a slow baton passing. Yep. Yeah, just my thoughts. But yeah. standing out for better, I fucking love the scene at Dr. Hibbert's office anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the plumbing bit, because that was so funny as well. The plumbing explosion. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, Bart, there's another little boy who played with glue. Actually, it was a plumbing explosion. <laughs> and then Marge goes... That's the kind of force that I want in your bathroom. <laughs> I love that. I think that was probably one of my favorite jokes in this episode. Because uh, especially as a kid, I'd fucking hate it when my parents would do that. And it's like, stop, you're embarrassing everybody concerned. It's a what? terrible Say, faucet. Oh, what about the bathroom? I don't know. There's another little boy who acted like a dipshit like this. Oh, you mean that? There's another yeah. little boy that cut his own hair. <laughs> uh, there's another little boy that was... I thought you were going to say, when they were like, oh, Elliot, see that wallpaper? That's the kind of wallpaper <laughs> I want to do in Instead, uh... they're like, there's another little boy who want to be a bass player. Yeah. <laughs> there's another little boy who wants to grow up to be a professional podcaster. <laughs> What's a podcast? Oh, uh, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> you'll find out when you're older, son. <laughs> but yeah, I loved the solution to 
uh, yeah, the solution to unsticking the glue, which mm-hmm. was, yeah, the sweat of fear. Terror sweat. <laughs> terror sweat. I love terror sweat. That's so good. An accidental Dr. Hibbert needle playlist. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Button applicator, the most menacing device ever. <laughs> Where, like, it barely, it doesn't even touch the shirt. It just sort of places the buttons gingerly <laughs> on Bart's shirt. <laughs> it's an applicator, not a sewer honor. <laughs> but why have the needles anyway? You know nothing about textiles. <laughs> I really don't. I should learn if I'm going to be opening like drunk textile shop as well. I'm so I was drunk thinking about craft. that. Yeah, you could be like called craft beer. Oh, oh nice. Did you just say HP drunk craft? <laughs> no, but I wish I had. <laughs> so play count. How many times before today have you seen this episode? Maybe half a dozen. Uh, half a many. Yeah. I've seen this episode quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> quite a lot. How many is quite a difficult. lot? I'd probably say uh, at least 30. Mm. Like, mm. yeah, this is sort of when I wasn't taping Simpsons as regularly. I know I didn't tape this one, but, you know, also definitely within the Fox Marathon sort of era. Mm. Mm. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? I mean, that glue. Yeah. (laughs) If ingested, please consult a mortician. (laughs) Rips it out of the drawer and hope this holds. Uh, I rolled my eyes. That joke sucked. Oh, Oh, really? I liked it. I I like when he was going through the drawer and the gun was there. That was interesting. Yeah, we Mm. saw a few little throwbacks. Yeah, the the gun that shot Mr. Burns and the plutonium rod Mm -hmm. that one times person of the year. (laughs) Did it have a carbon rod? (laughs) Bag of chippos. (laughs) I did like Bart being like, Mom, I didn't eat any of it. I'm not stupid. Yeah. (laughs) As like the visual of him with all the Mm -hmm. shit on his face. Yeah, Yeah, and that with him, it's, uh, well, novelty is a no laughing matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there were some cliche jokes that, like, you could roll your eyes to, Mm. be like, oh, I've made that joke. chose to be a stick in the mud. Yeah. But they were good. No, this was good Hibbert in this episode. It wasn't pesty Hibbert. Mm-hmm. This wasn't sexual harassment Hibbert. Yeah, this is, oh, if I had $75 for someone, every time I saw someone who glued humorous things to their face, by the way, I'm going to need $75. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent joke. Yeah, some other wackiness. Lisa, her general getting lost after her big bus ride. Everything about this is hilarious. It's like, well, I want to go north, so I guess the geese are going to be <laughs> flying north. <laughs> There's two groups of geese cross-section and they the fight. Geese fight. <laughs> And the falling out of the sky is so good. Yeah, I almost heard <laughs> in the background nice. as though. <laughs> they start to rumble. Yep. <laughs> the cherry picker bridge. Yes. That oh my is God. wacky prime. Yep. Oh, uh, so good. I love though. how Homer's like, oh no, I'm about to go off the edge of that bridge. And he just fucking yep. breaks <laughs> straight through it. <laughs> I like that it's the car's still going underwater. What? Yeah. Mm hmm. Just defying all laws of physics, really. <laughs> well, yeah, defying laws of physics. That is a head that should be crushed. Oh, it should God. be cre- You said to crush him, right? No. <laughs> oh, Lisa's no there. Perfect. Just, like, Close the bridge. You're the boss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the cars are still running over him. Oh. I like as well. Dad, should you go to the hospital? <laughs> no, nah, I'll just walk it off. <laughs> <laughs> when he's still got tire marks on his head. Yeah. And we get another like classic scene. Simpsons, like this reminds me of the football episode where he sees the costumes and he gets the idea to sneak yeah. in and he just knocks over the guard with the stand of costumes. Yep. Similar to this with the balloons getting the cherry picker. Oh, that's so good. I love that. He's like, sir, I'll give you these balloons if you let me use your cherry picker. Uh, mm. I already got some balloons, but nothing is nice. <laughs> <laughs> just everything about that is that's beautifully written. 
as long as I'm normally not a praying man. But if you're out there, <laughs> please save me, Superman. Yeah. There's some really good setup dialogue jokes in ah, this that episode. The whole mm. cherry picker thing is just <laughs> beginning to end is amazing. But also, I really liked the bus scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she's like, getting ready for the bus. And then Mo's like, little girl, are you getting on this bus? <laughs> yes. yes. Taxi. <laughs> and then he goes, VD clinic. Yep. Yeah. That was. <laughs> oh. Yep. Whenever my head is a child. <laughs> yep. Uh, just quickly just got in and out of there with the creepy mo joke, which is good because normally they linger on that shit these yeah, days. Yeah. I want to think about You don't want to linger on that. That's insane. No. Also, but but I, that means Mo has been having sex with someone. Or something. Uh, <laughs> anyway, in that scene where Lisa's romanticizing the, the yeah. idea of the bus journey as well. The people's chariot. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually our last on-screen appearance of Lionel Hearts. Really? Yeah. He, <laughs> Just the visual only. Bit. Yeah, just the visual only. He didn't have a speaking role. His last speaking role was in the Realty episode where Marge mm-hmm. starts uh, That's selling houses. That's a great bites, one. Yeah. Oh, God. At least he goes out on a bang. No, absolutely. And yeah, just a quiet little visual of Lionel Hutz in this one. And then, yeah, after that, never seen again. Just caught There's that bus the truth. to the end of the line. And oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what you can take from it. I, no, actually, because he wasn't there at the end I of the know. line, so he probably got off in Crackton. <laughs> so good. But I also really like that visual where kind of a third-person perspective behind Lisa's head, and just people just casually vanishing as the names of the places get weirder and weirder, like Crackton or Industrial Way or Military Proving Grounds, <laughs> Airport Refueling Zone. <laughs> yeah, you're just like I am not where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, it's a really well shot bit. Don't make me tap the sign (laughs) we've all thought that before (laughs) do not talk to driver (laughs) getting a good sound out of that thing yeah it's very similar to the um the bus driver's tap tap (gasps) but yeah pretty vindictive bus driver to just fucking drop a eight-year-old girl (laughs) he's just doing his job what yeah he's a babysitter now come on come on (laughs) but she was pretty resourceful she managed to yeah get actually pretty close to the museum yeah Yeah. six blocks away Uh, yeah how good is the Russian <laughs> district of Springfield. I love that scene as well. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, it would be my pleasure to help you, little girl. Just, ah! yeah, but shouting in, in Russian. Russian yeah. <laughs> Great game, sir. Can we have another? <laughs> Just one of the all-time best jokes. This as well. So Mike Scully, brother of the writer Brian Scully, used to write jokes for comedian Yakov Smirnoff. Ah, right. And so when doing this episode, yeah, they consulted Yakov for not only the direct translations, but to also coach Dan Castellaneta through the line delivery to make sure that he was getting the pronunciation just right. Oh, so that's Dan doing his Russian. Oh, yeah. They couldn't just get Yakov to do it. I know. I was going to say, they they couldn't just get a Russian guy for two minutes that's cool no worries yeah, yeah. so well, do you I mean, make dan do russian lessons yeah probably a consulting fee is a lot less than a performance Maybe. fee yeah. <laughs> but yeah so another interesting tie because we've seen so many examples in the classic era of the simpsons really going to efforts to make sure they're getting other languages right like mm-hmm. recently we did king of the hill where they had some nepalese sherpas and they made mm-hmm. sure that was right back in the karaoke bar they had japanese actors as yeah, and then they drop the ball after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, relics of the classic era, like mm-hmm. effort. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when you get that big, they like, don't need to Too try anymore. Too big to fail! <laughs> yeah. And the other bit of wackiness from Lisa's journey back to Springfield is, yeah, Area 51A. Ah, mm. uh, great. I do like the sign that says, you are here, we are not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wonderful. We briefly touched on it before, but how about the heart of this episode? Did you guys feel the bumps? Absolutely. Oh, 
so beautiful. Yeah. I love it. It's so beautiful. The music box and just yep. just the whole lead into as well, you know, the risk taker kind mm. of talk up that Homer gives. I think it's really good and I yeah. really like it. Mm. Speaks to me on a personal level. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And then like finishing, of course, with the music box, which is yep. so sweet and beautiful. Just that nice little father. They walk off. It's like, it's so good. It's got the heart and then it's got the humor. It's yeah. beautiful. It's a great yeah. balance of it all. Mm. And even before that, I think, because um, we actually had a resolution to Bart and Lisa's story where, you know, Marge is like, you have to go apologize. Oh, my apologies always sound so forced. Do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But then you've got him. We get more heart in this one with this little back and forth where he's talking to an empty room that we got in the last one where the heart of the Bart Lisa relationship was the focus. Where he's like, oh, fine then. Be all quiet and a jerk. No, it's me that's a jerk. I didn't mean to do it. He's like genuinely apologizing. <laughs> and you get so much and she's not even there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny as hell and it's also really heartfelt. Mom, it's... Lisa's making me feel bad. Stop it, Lisa. It's... I'm Marge. <laughs> that's good Marge. <laughs> it's so true though. I think it's like, it's so ridiculous that that little, you know, five mm. second scene in this episode has more heart and mm. depth to it than... The episode we watched, which was all yeah. about the relation, the Bart Lisa relationship. Yeah. Also, I just think it's like Marge's reaction is so symbolic of parents' reactions to yeah. the older children. <laughs> just like, Mom, she's doing this. Oh, okay. Well, you're my oldest child, so I'll believe you. I'm like, fuck. I feel like, as the youngest child, mm. I feel personally victimized by Regina George. Woohoo! Oh. <laughs> Trio of youngests. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Unite! <laughs> May as well transition this into a youngest anonymous meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many times did your parents ignore you for your older sibling? They're still ignoring me. Yeah. I wish they ignored me more. <laughs> well, I didn't you want, don't like I didn't want attention. <laughs> My ears still never feel quite dry after that many wet willies. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I love this as well because you can sort of tell in this moment that Marge is probably preoccupied with something else. And mm. Yeah, just, just like stop. Start <laughs> need, just need to maintain peace, and that's it. Yeah. And also maintain Marge's not being aware that Lisa's in mortal danger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She still doesn't know, and that's great. It's another way to explain away what's going on and why you know, they're free to break into the museum and have wacky, heartfelt, but also really funny adventures. Yeah, yeah. Like the line of, could you open the Lisa, sweetie? They have daddy's fingerprints on him. <laughs> I love when Homer turns on the cute for Lisa. <laughs> Sometimes daddies have to say, no, they've got daddy's prints on file. <laughs> <laughs> and have you ever seen such exquisite Ushaktis? Not this exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> I like those all when Homer goes, never be afraid to live life on the edge. Now let's go home before your mother kills us. <laughs> yeah, life on the edge with its limits. Well, yeah, I mean, speaking on the heart, this is easily my favourite part of the episode when they are breaking into the exhibit. Like, even the way they're using, like, weird hanging, like, coat hangerish piece out the front to sort of shimmy up and, yeah. like, they're using each other's counterweight to get... Like, it's really clever. Yeah, mm. and that's, like, absolutely the kind of thing an art museum has out the front. Yeah, so. mm. yeah weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, like, a space exhibit, but you are also right. It, it, oh, maybe, yeah. The planets or random orbits, either or. What are the planets but art the random space. art of space? Oh. <laughs> space art. <laughs> made by God. Yeah. God's like, so I made this during my chaotic period. You know, I don't love it anymore, but it's still a piece of me and part of me is an artist, so I keep it around. <laughs> oh, Dad, you mustn't 
cross the velvet rope. Ooh. The velvet rope. Uh, uh, still do this in line. Simpsons <laughs> broke my brain. For real. But ultimately, though, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Come on, laughs and heart and all of it. Oh, man. Like, literally, the classic. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Send the standard since 1990. 80. Oh, this episode, when did this come out? Oh, uh, 98. 1998. Mm. And yes, no, would you watch this one again? Absolutely. Oh, I would go out of my way to watch this. Yeah, for real. We're going to watch it again. We're going to put it in a playlist. What playlist would this belong in? I would put it with the Bart-Lisa relationship. Oh, fuck. I keep doing that. I would put it with the Homer-Lisa relationship, like yep. the beauty queen one. Lisa's mm. pony. And- oh, the pony one. This is what I mean. The Lisa-Homer yeah. relationship episodes are yeah. so touching. Yeah, uh, the one where Lisa's betting on football with him. That's Daddy oh, daughter that's day. Have yeah. we done that one yet? No. Yeah. Uh, any other playlist we could put this in? You know what I think could be a fun playlist? Yeah. Days off school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm. What's your favorite part about teacher whatever day? Teacher conference. Teacher conference day. Uh, I think that we don't have to go to school. <gasps> Mine too. And then I do love the cut to the teacher's up. conference. Like, well, here we go. And there's beer and roller coasters. <laughs> so good. I actually love that kind of secret life of teachers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my sister's a teacher and so are some of my family. Oh. Yeah, and I just like, feel like sometimes yeah. the kids just have no idea what you get up <laughs> yeah. to, do it's they? Like that time they called an emergency caucus. Caucus, caucus, caucus. caucus. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's a good load of playlists. BT, what would you change? I don't think I really want to change anything because it all flows and works really well. And like I said, it doesn't front-end with jokes like a lot of episodes, but I think it builds really, really nicely. I suppose if I then have any critique, it would be make the beginning funnier, but everything that's there already works pretty well, so I don't really want to change anything. Mm-hmm. Maddie? I wouldn't change anything either. I mean, mm. I think it was really beautiful. I really loved the music at the end. Mm. Um, oh, did you do musical moments yet? No. no. And I didn't even work it in organically yet. Oh my God, I'm a bad host. Well, Yeah, there's no chance of remembering what the lullaby sounded like after the third hearing the Old Spice song again. It's so That. So, yeah, nothing you'd really change? No. No? Sorry to answer that in a roundabout. I like roundabout. By yes. Yeah, as for what I'd change, yeah, this is another thing where, yeah, I complained about the pacing at the start of the episode, and although you guys did bring up a lot of good points against me, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to stick to my guns and say that the start of the episode is weirdly paced, but again, this is one of those situations where I don't feel arrogant or qualified enough to improve this episode in any like significant way that would improve it. Mm-hmm. See, that's how good at writing I am. Ooh, weed carve, good. Yep. <laughs> uh, were there any other musical moments? There's some nice musical sting where she's lost in Little Russia. And, uh, mm. that's all. Uh, you buy, you buy. Carve, carve, Oh, yeah, we see carve, collage guy again. <laughs> and weirdly a bear who's got like a tray of candies. And... Oh, yeah, this poor dancing bear. Yeah, Russia is known for the dancing oh. bears. Yeah. But the weird thing is, yeah, Lisa's all afraid of the people, but then the bear, she's like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> and then the bear's just really like, ma. I tried my best sales tactic. Ah, it's almost like bears aren't meant to be salesmen. Ah. Yeah, Russia. <laughs> <laughs> so, BT, we're here. Any other notes? 
Indeed. When the joke shop, they've got itching powder and impotence powder. <laughs> and the guy's like holding onto his crotch, <laughs> like, like really mm, embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> like... There's also the sign out the front of Springfield General just says, quality care or your autopsy free. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep. I've got a note here that says Lisa Hook computer or maybe uh, look computer. When he's like, no, but you don't know Lisa. She's so <laughs> smart. Right. Once they hooked up her, her to a computer to teach the computer and the computer overheated. <laughs> but, uh, that didn't happen, did it? Yes, <laughs> but I have to leave for an unrelated reason. That was a good joke. No, right at the end it's like, Wow, we were the ones who discovered its secret. Oh, so now it's we, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, the fact that whole heartfelt breaking into museum bit has so many great jokes is, is really good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, how about you, Maddie? Any other notes? I liked when Marge said to Lisa, she's like, honey, when you're old enough to drive, then you can catch the bus. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, mom, like, please can I go to the museum? And she's like, Lisa, this is a very unusual situation. Well, at least for most families. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is just like when Simpsons were riding the meta border just so perfectly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked as well when Lisa's about to get on the bus and she's like, yes, the bus, the choice of transport for the poor and poor alike. <laughs> um, and then she gets on the bus and when Agnes, Lisa's like, can I have this seat? She's like, oh, of course not, honey. That's for my coin purse. <laughs> Puts it down on the seat. <laughs> oh, I liked when she... Lisa calls Homer, and mm. it's his voicemail, and he goes, if you're calling about the waterbed. <laughs> yeah, a couple of moments of Mr. Burns calling out Homer in this episode. <laughs> so good. And, oh, my God, police chief Wiggum on a stakeout dresses a woman, and then Snake steals his purse. <laughs> Could somebody stop that awful, awful man? <laughs> so good. The physicality of that scene as well. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and I really liked at the end where she's like, thanks for making me do something stupid, Dad. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it was wonderful. They taught each other something there. Yep. She taught him about ISIS and he taught her about <laughs> risk-taking. And Ushaktis. <laughs> Exquisite Ushaktis. Mm. <laughs> All right, time for my final, final, final notes. Look, it's so early in the morning, Barney's not even drunk yet. <laughs> I do like the subtle bit that he walks into Moe's bar and Homer's already there. Yeah, Homer. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, Barney. The joke shot was called Yuckingham Palace. And I loved the little misdirect of, yeah, the obvious joke of the doorbell with the squirter, but mm. then the unobvious joke of the door handle triggering a <laughs> boxing glove on an extendo arm. Yeah. Ah, wonderful. More things should trigger boxing gloves on extendo arms. It's <laughs> easily one of the best bits in Jackass 3D. <laughs> Do you remember that one? I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's easily the best <laughs> of the Jackass uh, extended universe, <laughs> um, cinematic universe, where they've like put a fake letter from a fan on, uh, and it's just saying, hi, I saw you guys last night and you are all so hot. Me and my friends and the writing on the letter gets progressively smaller. So the guys have to lean in and then behind the letter is, yeah, the boxing glove on the extendo <laughs> arm just smashes them. Um, Marge has the line, you can get your photo of him, your mummy with a mummy. Oh, yeah, that was good. Marge is so wholesome and cute. So mm -hmm. cute. Yeah, when she's trying to get that stuff off Bart's head, she like pulls that bolt <laughs> like 12 times. Uh, so that would be something I'd change. Just reduce it to eight. That's enough times. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Stop we, being we funny after it. six. We get it. No, <laughs> so I do love her persistence. I feel like that's a very mother thing to just say, oh, I just got to pull it harder. Yeah. <laughs> At least like spit on a tissue and then try to you know, uh, yeah, yeah. something mummish. Because <laughs> every everyone knows that a mother spit is a good solvent. <laughs> um, sure. 
and my final note is yeah that scene with Carl Lenny and Homer like as it's sort of zooming in from the wide they're just like obviously rabble rabble rabbling <laughs> yeah, like, but I like that it's kind of they know you get to hear rabble 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 yeah <laughs> rhubarb rhubarb it's as the ancient Egyptians call a souvenir oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry I and mean, then when Homer runs through the uh, ISIS exhibit looking for Lisa and then comes out and obviously <laughs> went through the gift shop and has you know one of the headdresses and a little pyramid ice cream yeah <laughs> Because <laughs> they look good. I'd eat one of those. Yeah, pyramid pop. Mm. Yeah, delicious. Looked like it was delicious. raspberry. Mm. Time to rank this thing. BT, it's your turn to go first. Oh, man. I'm such a, I'm, I'm going to br- the Gilver kind of section. I'm going to move into the gold because I think this one land- sticks its landing so well. I think the first half is a silver, second half is a gold. So it's kind of where do you... But better to have the ending be the good part than the beginning because that's the part you're going to walk away with. And we all walked away with the either the Old Spice or the little music box theme in our head. We all think about velvet ropes and you know the fuzzy velvet feelings in our hearts. So I am going to go gold on this one. Yeah, look, I was actually coming in here as a silver, but i got to admit, you guys have talked me up. <laughs> Corruption. But, and I was like trying to work it out in my head as well because I'm still thinking, oh, am I still on a silver? And it's like, okay, I'm trying to break up the acts in my head. And yeah, I'd say while the first half starts out as a silver, yeah, I agree with you. It sticks its landing. And I even say it goes up to a cubic, especially with that final scene with mm. Lisa and Homer in the True. box. So yeah, averaging between those two halves of my feelings, I'm going with gold. Maddie, finish us off. I'm going to say strong gold on this one. I think like it's so wholesome, the ending. It's so beautiful, that relationship. Mm -hmm. It doesn't quite reach cubic for me because I think there's not like that full heart right through it. But yeah, I think it's a really solid episode. All right. Well, averaging. God damn it. (laughs) It's still an average if you have three separate scores. They just don't need to be. It's not the math isn't hard. (laughs) Well, guys, that will be a unanimous gold. This will be joining other such unanimous golds as The War of the Simpsons, which were reviewed recently with Pods in the Key of Springfield. That's with Marge and Homer and the Catfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturdays of Thunder, which we reviewed last week with Tom, which was the Soapbox Derby Racer. Oh, that's yes. a good one. Yeah, that was great fun. Bart's Friend Falls in Love with Samantha Stanky. Bart's in a Child with the Motivational Speaker, Do What You Feel Festival. And Deep Space Homer. I wonder which one that is. Is that only a unanimous gold? Oh. This has been... I want to give that a cue. This is a point of contention we found. A lot of people say that. I'm, I'm sure we justified it in the episode. Why not go listen to that podcast? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in summary, it's for me anyway, it was a lot slower paced than I remember. And I don't know, it just didn't land as... Mm. I mean, it's still excellent. Yeah, gold is a good score. And another actually point of contention was uh, Fish Called Selma, the Troy McClure Marry Selma episode. Mm. But I think we marked that down just because there's some profound weirdness about the story, especially the whole, you know, fish fucking element of it all. (laughs) It's subtextual fish fucking, gosh. Yep. All right. So, going to put in a number. And for season nine. All right. It pushes its average score up a little bit, but it is still an overall dull gold season. Yeah, Season 9 still hasn't got any unanimous cubics, but it's got a few dull cubics and a season low of a shiny participant, which was the singing, dancing clip show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Clip shows just kill your ranking. 
Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Yeah, I think that about does it for the Simpsons Index this week. But before we get out of here, we just briefly like to talk about things we're into lately. Books, TV, film, music, magazines, uh, uh, power tools, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 electronic... Fashion trends? Fashion. We have never had a fashion recommendation. That's true. I recommend pants. Flare pants are uh, coming in hot, guys. Really? Yeah. Flare pants? Flare. Flare. <laughs> Not pants that have been worn by Claire. Claire pants. The pants for Claire by Claire. <laughs> Claire will like that. Hey, Claire. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so what have we been into? BT, we'll start with you. Last podcast, I was talking about how Good Omens was about to come out. Now it's actually out. And I've seen the first two episodes, and it's quite good. So, yeah, there's been a weird run of like series based on books I've actually read. But, yeah, so far, so good. So, Hollow Knight, check it out. <laughs> How about you, Maddie? What are you into? So I've had The Shrink Next Door. Um, it's the newest one by Wondery. Yes, I've been on that as well. Yeah, so everyone's been recommending it to me and I um, listened to the first episode the other day, which was pretty good. So we'll see how we go. And um, in terms of reading, I just finished Tina Fey's Bossy oh. Pants, which one I've of never the f- read. One of the few books I've read. Look at you go! Stop it. You heard her stop. (laughs) No more reading. (laughs) Reading time is over. Yes. (laughs) You enjoyed that one? I did. I Mm. did. I really liked Tina Fey. Yeah. Oh, so you're a fan of 30 Rock as well? You know what? I haven't seen 30 Rock, actually. That's a bit embarrassing that I'm... She's done plenty of other things. (laughs) Her as a person, I really enjoy. Yeah, 30 Rock is just Mm. up there with my all-time favourite shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what I've been into, this is going to be a weird one because I'm recommending two things, but they're both kind of soft recommendations only because I know they're not going to be for everybody. There's a series called Barry on HBO, so it's going to be a bit hard for Australians to get a hold of. So Bill Hader, he's playing a hitman that just sort of stumbles into start taking an acting course. (laughs) And it's really funny because... He like immediately latches onto the idea of learning how to act, but you know he's got his bosses going. Oh, you've still got a job to do, you know. And so <laughs> it's just yeah, this weird duality of this guy who's yeah doing awful, awful things, and he's like wanting to just do community theatre. And it's um, yeah, so it's a dark comedy as well. It goes to some really horrible places, but every episode just has at least one uproariously funny moment. So yeah, so there's that one, and also I've been I'm almost finished with pen 15 which is on stan <laughs> have you what do you guys know this one no i know but like pen 15 yeah. is penis yeah <laughs> for those playing at home yeah so it's two women in their 30s and they're playing 13 year olds in a high school full of 13 year olds so it's a very weird thing where the first couple of episodes you've got to get used to the idea that these two women in their 30s are trying to be 13 years old and like they're towering taller than most of the adults and parents in this show. Why are they trying to be... I think oh, that's not the plot point. Yeah. That's, that's just not the even the plot point. No. They're just oh. portraying. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. even like trying to explain it, it's weird. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, they've got like crushes on boys and they're that's like... That's a bit pedophilic. That's what I thought. If the roles were reversed, I don't think that they would be creepy. going down well. Reverse sexism, it's a thing. <laughs> well, yeah. Pretty sure there's... they just call it sexism. Well, because there's even this one scene where one of them, it's implied she's making out with a boy and they do some very a clever-ish cutting around it to make it obviously they're not making out with a, a teenager or anything but yeah it's still kind of creepy but the writing really carries this show it's worth watching but 
like I said, these are weird recommendations because I know they're not going to be for everybody, but they're both shows with great writing, so I really respect them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Pen15 and Barry, that's my recommendations. And I think we're done. That's it for us. That's been Maddie Dockrell. Hello. I mean, goodbye. Sorry. I don't know. You say hello. Present. Maddie, can you spell choke? And that's been BT Calloway. Hi. I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes. You should have that at the end of the episode. And so, yes, this will be a dull participant and it'll be joining other dull participants. It'll be joining guest styles and music. Oh, man, I'm getting good at covering that organically in the rest of the chat. Nicely done. Thank you. Praise be unto me, your Lord and Saviour. There are no other gods before me. Remember, Jesus wow. is watching. That, uh, that inflated quickly. <laughs> Remind yep. me not to thank you for anything. I'll give you any kind of praise in future. This is, this is That's all it takes. <laughs> Uh, uh, how about you, Matt? Uh, Matt uh, the, the, I'm Mid- losing midi. my I'm losing my words at the end of this thing, man. Midi codrel, midi codrel. <laughs> you know, from Midge from the first segment. Oh right, came midi, and then dockrel sounded like codrel. Midi codrel kind of sounds like mid strength codrel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you kind of have the cold it's, and yeah. flu, but not really. When you feel the cold coming on, take midi codrel <laughs> for the sniffles. <laughs> <laughs> As long as it's fun and has beer. <laughs> yeah, beer and Tim Tams. Yeah. <laughs> also the way to a woman's heart. Mm. <laughs> this Valentine's Day, give her beer and Tim Tams. <laughs> <laughs> yep, together at last. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, Tim Tams every few months come out with a wacky line of flavours. How have they not like done an Australiana beer range? Yeah. <laughs> oh, stop it. New Tim <gasps> Tam flavours, VB and Vegemite. I have some fun trivia for you. Yes. Okay. Did you know the name Tim Tam mm-hmm. was inspired by Glenn Close? By a racehorse. Really? How yes. did that work? That's you, all I've got okay. for you. Guys. Oh, the racehorse was called Tim Tam. The racehorse was called Tim Tam. Like, oh. So they were sitting there going, hmm, I'd like to eat that horse. <laughs> <laughs> I want to turn that horse into a delicious biscuit. I'm going to guess. <laughs> oh, I could just coat you with chocolate and nibble you up. I'm going to guess it's the same color as the chocolate. Yeah. Just to think, they could have almost been called Farlaps. <laughs> I don't know any other horses. <laughs> uh, sea biscuits. <laughs> they do not sound good. No. They sound salty. <laughs> Very salty. An American racehorse, actually, oh, yeah. as well, which is even mm. more interesting that it was chosen to be named. Yeah. Why, I believe Mr. Arnott won his fortune betting on that horse. Into a biscuit. <laughs> and then he ate it. <laughs> No one believed he could eat the whole horse. However, he mm. bet against himself and won. Back when horse racing was who could eat the horse the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> it was the depression. People did weird shit. So did you watch the Death Stranding trailer? Yeah. Confusing. <laughs> Do you know, like, some of the enemies are called BTs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, sad to not to take this personally, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, because when I first watched it, I thought it was PTs. Like, mm. and maybe it was a reference to the that. PT. Yeah. So that's two video games now, because apparently there's a BT, which is a robot in Titanfall. Titanfall 2, yes. Ah. Um, I'm 
popular, <laughs> I guess, is the only answer. In one, you're a helpful tutorial robot, and then the other, you're... Like a, a other-dimensional ghost monster? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because apparently there's no dying in Death Stranding. You yeah, just go you just to get, a different level. You go to the upside down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of humbling, isn't it? The music we just heard might never be heard again. Yeah. But it'll always live on because we'll never forget it. Ted, that's the old Spice song. It is? Well, that's a good song, too. Ding, 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 ding,